Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. It's some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. In studio, another year. Who would have thought, uh, Doc, way back when, sitting alone in uh, my smelly garage, that in 2012 you'd still be showing up here on a Sunday oh, night to yeah. do a radio show? Or, yeah, or that we'd even be alive. You got out of the garage, yeah, or, yeah, or that we'd even have the ability to uh, yeah. do a radio show. Yeah. Uh, amazing, really, how this has worked out. I'm amazed. How many years? This is now our seventh year. We're going wow. on our seventh year. Lucky seven. Of, yeah, lucky seven. I kind of don't seven. like that. No? No, it bothers me. <laughs> of course you don't like you it. Don't Why like does it, it bother seven. you, Jimmy? I don't know. It's just a lot, man. It's like, well, now what? Right. I remember I three years ago, that. four years ago, we were like, okay, so... By year seven, yeah, I'll now be a millionaire. What, right? Well, we, that's we true. But I'll tell you this. That used to be an issue for us thinking like, okay... We we've covered the topics. We've we've gone through the ABCs. Yeah, we jumped yeah. the shark. We've We're, gone through. Yeah. However, Moscow's got us booked yeah, until like April yeah, already. Whoa. Yeah. And so I'm coming into 2012 without those same questions. I, I feel like we're good. Yeah, you, Jay, you sent me an email like, hey, knock it off with the booking, dude. I did. I had to stop him from booking because, well, you know, I like my days off. 
And uh, how am I going to plan our Monday shows and our off Sundays when Mr. On Top of Things over there is actually working for a living? We, I was thinking about it as I was doing it um, a lot in November and December. And there's new topics coming up all the time because this industry is exploding. Right. So what didn't exist in 2008 or 2007 does now. That's right. I See, and, and this is why we're still alive here for our seventh year, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Doc's just going to text all the way through it, all through 2012. I can tell him <laughs> yeah. there already. He's that's just how, texting. That's how people do it these days. They just live on Twitter. Are you sexting or texting, Doc? I want to know. Uh, I'm I'm OCD. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's just marking down his calendar. Shit, we're booked through April. I better look at this right now. Or, just, I can feel that the dishes are not aligned. Please put all the forks the right way. I can feel it. Do, just do it. Yeah. Uh, Why do it? They're what? not at your house. All pointing the same way, and the small ones and the big ones in different piles. <laughs> okay, now I, I gotta go home. I'll be back. <laughs> Gotta go check on that shit. Well, welcome back to another year, everybody. I'm happy to have you all back in the studio. It's good to see you. Me and, too. Uh, Susie Q is our uh, chat moderator today here in the studio, and uh, Nicole is out this week. I don't know where's Nicole. Uh, She's on, on her way to St. Louis, Budweiser country. She's going to do a Cicerone exam there tomorrow. Oh, is that right? Yep. She's done taking Cicerone exams herself, Miss Mrs. Miss Master Cicerone. She's not knows at all. Yeah. Yep. And now she's too good to be here. We just get Susie Q. (laughs) Nicole's too good. What do you mean, just? Yeah, I kind of bummed. I can't have her drive me here so I can get all hammered while we're on the show. It's true. You got an expensive cab ride back to San Leandro. I should pick you up on the way up. I like this idea. I'm the farthest person here. I can actually drive all of you here. Yeah, everything's on your way. Wow, look at that. Do you just play this song on a loop in your car? (laughs) She probably hates the name Susie Q. I've never asked her. You know what? Someone actually came up to me and was like, is are you Susie from the session? Because I was trying to figure it out, and your last name's not Q. <laughs> right. Here's, <laughs> Susie Q. Here's your explanation for that. Justin's an idiot and can't pronounce my last name, so he just calls me Susie Q. Is, is really how it goes. Even though you have the simplest last name on earth to pronounce, but because it's spelled differently, I get I get worried every time I have anxiety about it. So Susie Q. That works for me. Okay. You're not the first person to call me Susie Q. I figure. This is not one of my great inventions. Like My lazy no? friends no. actually shortened it to Q for the longest time because Susie Q was too long. Right. I, I can see how that happens. Yeah. But I do like that you have your own theme music now. So Yay. I wrote this today. Well, and it's not Susie Q. It's Susie Q. Susie Q, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is written before you were born. I just wrote it today. What are you talking about? <laughs> I wrote it and recorded it today. It's Instant pretty, classic. I'm pretty good, don't you think? Crosley yeah. Clearwater Revival. Instant classic. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you <laughs> think, what do you think about this? CCR. CCR. <laughs> I like CCR. <laughs> all right. There you go. And I am really excited to have you all back in the studio. And I, I, I discovered something, that the first show of the year is pretty much the only show throughout the year that I still get nervous about. Really? Which to me is a good sign. Mm. It means I still love this radio gig. I love this gig, and yeah. uh, I get nervous the day of. I've got uh, I got butterflies. What are you nervous about? Well, it's just it's it's Sucking. our first of all. It's uh, the return of the BNAs, the Brewing Network Awards. Right. Which we clap every time we hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which honestly is, I think, my favorite show of one. the year. I really enjoy it because it celebrates all the retards that listen to us and the retards that we are and the, the dumb things we say, the good things that get done, the 
I, so I really like it. I like the awards. And I get nervous that we're, that they're not going to be better than the last year. I get very concerned about that. you got to like it even more now, though, that you got people pulling audio for you. Oh, it's great now. I used to stay <laughs> up all night. I slept like a baby last night, uh, Moscow. While you were up working, I was the... Up every two hours, shit in your pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like a baby. Right. Uh, so there's that, and, and it's also that we've been off the air for a couple of weeks. It, you know, it's always uh, our long... Our long break yes. over the holidays, and so I, I worry that uh, that I'm going to be rusty uh, getting out. So I'm nervous about these things. Hmm. But I only bring this up because to me it's a sign that I still love this gig. Because if I if I didn't, I wouldn't give a shit. I, I'd just come in here and just go phone it in. Hey guys, so 2012. Uh, let's get on with it. And uh, but it's not that way. I really want to do a great show, and uh, this is a good sign. Well, that is good information to have. So tasty. Maybe we haven't quite jumped the shark yet. <clears throat> no, we've been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of compliments. Have we, uh, did we peak? Oh, come on. I don't know if we maybe uh, we Moscow got a lot of compliments about the the guests and the booking. Some people have said that yeah. we've really been oh, yeah. firing on all cylinders for the the past couple of months, yeah. which I wasn't sure of. I hadn't thought of it that way. Not that I thought we were doing shitty, uh, but I don't think I looked back and went, "Well, there's a those were our best shows." It's hard, I, to, hard to tell from the inside looking out. Too. Yeah, yeah, I guess we take it for granted that we're not scrambling for guests like on Wednesday. So yeah. you, tell, you, you know? tell me all the padding on the back after the show and all that crap is meaningless? Yeah, that's just for you, Doc. Uh, that's thanks. just because we know how you work. <laughs> We're all in on it. When you're not here. Uh... Yeah. Uh, here's how it goes just before you get here. All right, guys. So Doc's going to be in today. Make Good sure luck. that after the show we tell him what a great job you know everybody did. Because and... he said he's not coming back. <laughs> right. If we yeah. do knock it out of the park again, right. he ain't coming back. Yeah, well, so much of it has to do, like I was saying, with the – the progression of this industry in home brewing and craft beer and, you know, the guests that didn't exist even right. just a year ago. You yeah. know, there's just so every every week there's just new topics there, that come There's up. some news out there. Yeah, well, always something. If it's not newsworthy, we'll make it newsworthy. That's right. We create <laughs> the news. Well, you know, JP brings up a good point, too, about the scrambling for guests, kind of taking it for granted. I went out for a couple beers with Chris Graham, uh, you know, our, over at More Beer. Uh, More Beer is the sponsor of this Sunday session for yet another year. Uh, More Beer's been a sponsor. Thank you. Since day zero. and They believed in us since the beginning. That's Well, I don't know if they <laughs> believed in us. They just thought, well, all right. Uh, I believed enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough believing. But after the first year, then they've believed in us uh, for the past six years. Uh, back with us as the sponsor of the session this year, and and just great dudes. So go to morebeer.com and check them out yeah. if you haven't. They clearly um, value the person over the product. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it right. is. So I go out for a couple beers with Chris Graham, and he's asking about how things are going, and and I'm a little confused because he seems to like not know much about it. And I'm like, well, it's going fine. Like, what do you think? And he's like, well, I can't tell anymore because I don't get those phone calls every three weeks on Sunday morning or Saturday night saying, Chris... I need a guest, dude. I got no topic. I got no guest. <laughs> I got no show. Help. I, help. I need you there at SOS. 5 o'clock tomorrow. Save our session. With a great topic. He used to get those calls like once a month. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. once every other month. And uh, now that Moscow has taken over the booking, that doesn't happen anymore. Well, and, the same token, we got to get him back on here. We do. Yeah. We haven't raked yep. him over the coals in a while. Well, he said that too. He said, it'll be nice to get back on there for like a, a regular planned, uh, you want to have me uh, give my expertise topic rather than you need me to save your ass <laughs> kind yeah. of topic. So maybe I should back off a little bit and have uh, my girlfriend start entering my bedroom through the window and just, <laughs> right, you know, get back to normal around here. Right. Us, She's not ugly or crazy enough. So that's true. Yes, at least crazy enough. enough. 
Speaking of Chad, I think he's down in uh, in Mexico right he's now. Oh, yeah. A, wow. Yeah. He's going to come back with a tattoo and married. I hope so. That'd be great. I hope he's not. I hope he's married to a Mexican broad when he comes back. <laughs> not the one he went down there. <laughs> not with. the one he went down with. Because wait, let's, broad swap. Let's face it. It's all about me. And what a great story that will be. He goes down yeah. with one broad, but he comes back with another. Married, tattooed. Love it. Oh. It'd be a good story, but from someone who could actually like speak a sentence. True. Because he would be like, oh yeah, yeah. And then if we ask her, she'd be like, uh, huh. no bueno. No say. <laughs> <laughs> no bueno. <Yeah. laughs> Plus, the other bad thing about that is that he'll probably he'll move back in then with this broad too if if he comes back. Because where else he gonna go? I like you, Chad. (laughs) Right, that's how she'll sound. Like a short Mexican retard. (laughs) I think that that voice was (laughs) just clean, dude. Just clean. Uh, All right. We got a great show planned for you today. Of course, we have uh, the Brewing Network Awards. What annual do we know? I, I do this every year because I can't count. It's the sixth annual. It's the sixth. No. I believe so. All right. I think you're right. Sixth annual Brewing Network Awards. Very prestigious. Oh, yeah. Um, people talk about these all year long, and they they pub they send out press releases after they win. They do. Oh, great. I don't think I've ever heard a single brewery announce that they won the Brewing Network Beer of the Year. I don't think I've ever heard a guest like post somewhere like, "Ooh, I won Guest of the Year." Like, no they actually take it seriously did in the form. Did in the you form, prep yeah. them ahead of time no. in case we want to get them on here, or did you? Yeah. Well, that would require more effort on Moscow's part, and I right. had him very busy this year, yeah. or, or even afterwards. Did you like? No, we don't. Know. We don't publicize uh, maybe maybe I'll do that. I'll harass them afterwards. Like, hey, you won Guest of the Year. I'm going to need an acceptance speech from you. So go ahead and prepare right, that. Hey, don't plan yeah. anything else for tonight. You're in the nomination. You yeah. should put out a press release, I think. But you're think nominated, you official... so everyone who's nominated has to at least prepare some sort of press release. Right. Send, or well, condolence We speech. should have a, a BN press release that goes out to all the beer bloggers, all the magazines. I mean, And I mean a shameless one. Yeah. We list yeah. all our awards. Right. Douche of the Year. Uh, by the way, we got some good nominees for Douche of the Year this yeah, year. Yeah, we do. Uh, so we should do this next week. Then. One of my favorite awards. Uh, so think about this press release, Moscow. Right, we might need to do that. I won't do anything, but I will think. But <laughs> you will think about it. That's I'm how, thinking. That's all right I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to that kind of uh, work around here, in Moscow. Uh, so we got that. Uh, also, we're going to be speaking with Jen Talley. Now, Jen Talley, you might remember, she's been on the show before. Uh, has been with Squatters uh, in Utah for over 20 years now, and we had her come on and talk to us about low gravity brewing because she's just a pro. Uh, right. Really good stuff. Well, she's moved on now. She's gone from a uh, small yet very successful good beer-making brew pub in, in Utah to Red Hook. She's moved on to Red Hook wow. now. Wow, it's pretty big thing. Well, man. 20 years yeah. in one place, I'd like to know what got her to... What, what did they give her to move on, or what did they do to sweeten it? To? We're going to find Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. I think they said, you get to move out of Utah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. what they gave her. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean that's because Red Hook's in Washington, right? Yes, yep. 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 twenty twenty years in one place. That's that's big in itself. I think they have a place on the East Coast too. They do actually. Yeah, they oh. have New, Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna talk about. Tasty, is it Washington or Washington? <laughs> It's Washington. <laughs> it's Washington. I didn't know. Trick me, aren't you? Depends on how <laughs> deep no, Midwest go you go. <laughs> right. Uh, who owns Red Hook? Aren't they owned by uh, like that uh, CBA Crafters Alliance? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The Crapper's Alliance. Who else do they own? They've bought up a couple lately. I don't CBA. know off the top of my head yet, but there were like three or four key brands. I heard they brought Heretic. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They actually bought the Brewing Network. I didn't tell you guys that, but uh, we're now part of the Craft Brewers Alliance. Great. Where they needed a spokesman that was really passionate about beer and safe and politically correct and successful. So I was like, "Yeah, fuck, we can do that." Yeah. Does that mean we get salaries? No, That's no, plan? no. That was all my deal. Yeah. You guys, you get to come along though. <laughs> what are we, a bunch of Democrats? <laughs> yeah. Of course we can do that. There's a package uh, deal. Part of the package is we don't get paid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they didn't want. They said, "Listen, we love your show. I don't want you to change a thing." And I said, "Great, perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. Uh, Salaries so, don't change, right?" All right. So we've got Jen Talley, uh, formerly of Squatters, now with Red Hook. So if you've got questions about the Red Hook beer, you know, if, if you've been into craft beer for any period of time, you were at some point, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, you were at some point a fan of Red Hook. Yes. You know, when I was first getting into it, I. I bought that beer a lot. Yes, um, and and then they made a couple of different varieties. You know, of the course, it was the ESB. Was yeah, that was a nice beer. Yes. So if you got questions just about the brand and the beer and how it's progressed, and also I think if you still have low gravity brewing questions, Jen's still the the person to talk to. Yeah. Because uh, because man, those were good beers at Squatters. Yeah, yeah. Squatters is a great brewery. I'm kind of I'm just interested to find out how that how that brewery's doing also. Um, I'm sure that she had brewers that have been working with her for a long time that are just carrying the torch. So Moving on up. Find out about that. Okay, so that's the show for you today. Uh, here's a few announcements for you. As we started at the end of the year last year, you can still tip the brewcasters on this show. And I'm going to keep with this format for a little bit. Any tips that happen during tonight's show uh, that come through the PayPal account, you do that by just hitting the one-time donation. You don't have to worry about uh, marking it in the comments field or anything like that. Just if it comes uh, through the PayPal uh, during the show, I'll know it. So anything from now until midnight, guys, if you if you do one-time donations, that's to tip the staff here. That's, that's JP and Susie Q and Moscow and Tasty and Doc and Nathan tonight. And 100% of it goes to them. And it's really just a way if you got a couple of bucks in your pocket uh, for me to help compensate them uh, for their time here. I will tell you guys, uh, everybody at home and here, um, I've had discussions with a couple of you in the room about it, but you know the BN really is growing. I'm not going to lie and yeah. say that we're just constantly going into debt anymore. We're not. We're, we're doing really well. The sponsors have been responding well, um, and we get invited to more events, and uh, a lot of you guys, a lot more of you have been donating over the last year, and that's really helped me to, uh, to compensate some of these guys for their time and to pay the bills and um, get more merchandise in the store. You're going to notice that in just a couple weeks here, I finally am going to have those uh, those goblet, those hop grenade goblets you guys have been wanting. Oh, like the the nice the sexy style Belgian glass with yeah. the two curves. The tulip. Yep, yep. Yeah. There you go. Thank yeah. you. You're I welcome. just think sexy when I think so of it. A blind man would love that. Yes. Just because you stick your uh, dick in the BN glassware doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't make it sexy. Not sexy. Oh. Uh, a lot of different T-shirt designs coming in, so I just I just want to say that it's a it's a nice way to help tip out the brewcasters by hitting the one time donation. But a lot of you have been have been donating; it's been great, and and we are growing. We're not going anywhere. I think that that uh, that the staff here would agree that we're still on the up and up and, and trying to get even better and better. What should I do with my application at Walmart? Should I withdraw keep that? There. No, keep no, it? keep it no? there. Keep okay. it there. I mean, we're trying, but... Uh, what would, what would that you'd make sound a great like greeter. as JP of the, as the door greeter for Walmart? Oh, would be great. <laughs> What's what I was thinking for him. Guy walks in, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you shopping here for, you dick? Like, get your shit and get out. McDonald's <laughs> is behind me, fat ass. <laughs> I'm actually very pleasant yeah. customer service representative. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You need a mani pedi. Get over there. 
So hit the one-time donation button all through tonight's show. If you guys kind of team up, I know there's a lot of you in the chat room and a lot of you listening. If you all team up, it becomes very easy. Throw in five bucks for these guys. Yeah, tag team us, dude. Who cares? All right, Winter Brews Festival. Yes. Uh, It's back. Yes. And it's happening on Saturday, January 28th at Toto Santos Plaza in Concord, California. And uh, I love this location. Yes. We, we uh, We did get occupied at our Berkeley location, mostly by the homeless. Uh, that's that's oh, the what? awesome part. That's yeah. not the Occupy movement I know. <laughs> right. Uh, so we got moved. Now, a lot of you have been messaging me, oh, I went by the park the other day and they moved all the tents out, which is uh, mostly true. There's still a few tents there. But even at that, the city told me, look, once we get these guys out, actually, when I met with them, they said, if we get these guys out. Right. They, they weren't even sure they were going to do it. They said, you really need to move on because we don't know what's going to happen. But they said, even if they leave tomorrow, it's going to take our groundskeeper six weeks to get the park back to usable condition. Yeah, so they got yeah. all those people out, and now the groundskeepers have to go in and like remove all the piss and shit and like put the grass back together. You know. So Well, hey, they were just creating jobs for local blue-collar workers <laughs> after taking them all from when they shut the port down. Right. Yeah. Think about it. Like The Winter Brews Festival is a picture of local blue collar work, no for sure. Every brewing company involved is a local small company. Ours, the sponsor, is a local small company. Um, the even the even the the beneficiary, the Coral Reef Alliance, is based locally and is a small group of people. There's maybe twenty employees that work for this organization to help save the the coral reefs and or something whales. I don't fucking know what they do. I thought it was like like coal. Like coal plants. <laughs> it's the Coal Reef Alliance? Yeah. I thought that's, that's what it was. Coral. coral. This changes JP. everything. Oh. I thought it was the Coral Reefer. JP's out now. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was like, like Kingsford yeah. and shit. It was like, like more oh. smokestacks. I love their match light. Well, I thought they were Jamaican. You're like, I didn't know they need saving until yeah. this event. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I'm a lump charcoal man myself, but briquettes are fine. Right. No, no. The Coral. So... Gotcha. Uh, anyhow, you get the point. Talk we, about a personification of the 99% up against the 1%, the big brewery, screw you guys, right. local beer festival. Talk about missing your target. I mean, right. I've missed some targets in my life, <laughs> but Jesus. My yeah. math is better than that, than missing that target. Yeah, I can do math better than them hitting, than the accuracy of their protest is what's happening. That's how bad it is. That shocks me. Uh, anyhow, yeah. the city of Concord stepped up and said, look, uh, we heard about your deal, and we'd love to have you. Yeah, it turned out to be a great thing. But, yeah. you know, it's just as close to BART. It's just close. It's, closer, it's still two blocks. Uh, it's right about the same. Yeah, oh, okay. it's about the same. Yeah. I mean, if it is, we're talking steps here, whatever yeah. closer it is. Right, and it's well, kind of a safer America. walk, too. <laughs> 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 Downtown Burger's not too bad, but yeah, we're sure. totally out here yeah. in the summer. Four in the afternoon, it's fun, I'm sure. So it's an easy BART ride. You go to Concord BART Station, jump off, you walk a couple blocks, and, the, and there we are. It's, a, it's actually a larger space. The city's been very uh, – it's just been nice to, to work with them, even. They're making it easy because they knew it was short notice. In fact – they they put a moratorium on any events in the park for this time of year until April. They don't. The city council actually decided, I guess, a couple of years ago, we don't do any events so that we can restore the park. Well, uh, probably because it's all muddy and rainy usually. Yeah, yeah. So they even broke that for us. I mean, That's they great. said, "Look, we're breaking That's our own awesome. thing because we we hate to hear that you guys got uh, displaced like that." So yeah. God love Congress. The weather's yeah. been awesome. Yep. So it's not muddy and nasty out there. Knock on wood. Don't jinx me, Doc. I'll cry. Oh no, it's right it's going to be nice. And and there's there's no park restoration to do right now because it right. hasn't been muddy and trod upon it's true and even if it does rain uh we're gonna put up a big canopy uh so 
Anyhow, come out to Winter Brews Festival. You yes. can go to the website right now, which I think is eventbrite.com slash eventbrite.winterfest.com. I think it's winterfest.eventbrite, but I can find out for you right now. You go yeah. to the ontap section at bn.com. You can do that also. There's a link there. Tickets are uh, 35 bucks in advance. They're going to be 40 at the door. And um, we're we're prepping for a whole bunch of you. We've we've got a there's a brewery list on that Eventbrite page right now, and it's huge. You can go to winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com. Thank you, Winter Brews uh, Festival. Is, is there a early entry kind of gig stuff like last time? No, no. It'll just be there's no VIP. There's no early entry. It's just get there, have a good time. It's a four hour deal, so plenty of time to and plenty of space. So, so it's I'm from ju- twelve to four. Just gonna sit there and drink beer the whole time. <laughs> well, we do have live music going on. Uh, actually, I'm I'm stoked about the music. We've got my favorite cover band, Purple Haze, which is a badass uh, Jimi Hendrix tribute band. I saw them about three or four years ago at the Bistro. At the Bistro, yeah. It was one of the first events where the Bistro actually closed down the whole street next to them, so they could expand a little bit. Yeah, right outside. And I walk outside, and here's this dude who looks like Jimi Hendrix and sounds like Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar behind his head and with his teeth and doing like the whole thing and the music is just as like he's rocking it so it i love on a great guys. show and then they disappeared off the face of the earth i hadn't I hadn't seen them um, died of a drug overdose i thought yeah it's like wow he, he went the way of his idol something in that bandana on his head and then Colin up at Downtown Joe's when he was doing his uh, uh, North Bay Beer Festival said hey what do you think about this uh, this this Jimi Hendrix got to play and I said, that's the fucking guy. I've been missing that guy. And so he played there, but a lot of people left early, the poor guy. So Jimi Hendrix, uh, tribute good, band, good, opening. Good. They're called Purple Haze. And then, I don't know if you guys remember the band that totally rocked our very first Winterfest. Everybody went nuts for these guys. They're a very good local band. They tour a lot. They're hard to pin down. Forest Day yeah, is going to come play. And they're just a big, it's a good party type of band. It's a feel-good band. One of his songs called I'm Tired of Working for Assholes. You guys can relate to that. Uh, good party band uh, type, of, type of a van. You get a uh, check when you work. So we got them. I think there might even be a guest appearance from Big Joe Hurt. He might open up the day. Oh, I know nice. he's coming up, nice. and I'm going to see cool. if I can get him to, to come play a few. Cool. Um, and then we got a bunch of food this year. More food than last year because another problem with the Berkeley Park was that we couldn't bring in food trucks, which are really the way to get gourmet food on remote locations right now. Yes. But the city of Concord has allowed us to close off the street. Part of the of what we're using is the curb over there. Nice. So we've got a couple food trucks coming in. We've got Emergency Barbecue coming back, who's been with us oh, for yeah. three I years now so because much. they're badass. Um, so a lot of good food. Um, yeah, we got a uh, grilled cheese. The grilled cheese guy. Oh. He's a local favorite. Uh, apparently makes just killer, killer grilled cheese, all the gourmet grilled cheese. And then we have the hot dog cart. Who's a cool dude? He hung out at the Heretic booth at the Lafayette Art Wine Festival or whatever. Okay, just rocking, um, rocking sandwiches. He's he's awesome. You you actually see him around bars around the area at night. Uh, cool dude. He's a guy who uh, he ran out of food at this thing, and he was um, he was offering ten bucks to have uh, anybody dump all his ice water over them. I don't know. He's just like videoing and puts it up to on his Facebook. To dump it over to, himself. No, to dump it over, over themselves. Oh, so he's I like, see. I will pay somebody $10 and this chick in this like blue shirt. She's like, yeah, I'll do it. Was she like, hot? She's pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it'll be a good time, that's for sure, man. Did you get some nipple sticking out? No nipple sticking out, no. Mm-hmm. I am working on the bacon truck. 
Oh, I like that. I My guess uh, sticking out now. Bacon Bacon SF, I think, is their like Twitter handle or whatever. Nice. So, uh, oh, let them know that, that we're bacon. looking for them. That's what I'm trying to do, man. JP, you will be a f- you will have failed. All the other great things you're doing will mean nothing if you don't get me that damn bacon truck. Me too. All right. So a lot of good things happening. Plus, we got some vendors coming out this year uh, that we haven't. A lot of people calling us and saying, "Hey, how do we be a part of this? Yeah. It's going to be a good event." Uh, what's the website we can get tickets? They're on sale right now. Winterbrewsfestival.eventbrite.com so. or like Moscow said, you can go to the ONTAP page to the Brew Network. Perfect. All right. Other ways to help out the BN, um, you know, if you're going to do some Amazon shopping now that the holidays are over, I know you still got to do a little uh, uh, of, your, of shopping for yourself. You're done giving to people. Do a little self-shopping. Yes. If you're going to do it on Amazon, just hit the Amazon link right there on our homepage and we get a little percentage of that. So you do the same thing you always do and we get a little cut of it. Also, right next to it, you can buy the iPhone uh, case. Where the fuck's my iPhone case? You still haven't gotten it? No. Oh, man. I want my own iPhone case. (laughs) What, am I going to buy my own iPhone case? That's how you're going to get faster. I've had three people I know of that have ordered in the last two weeks that have already gotten it. And they get it right away. What is this, a capitalist society? This guy wants to get paid for his product? Profit is evil. (laughs) Yeah. So you can buy the, it's a hop grenade, and it's a bottle opener, and it's a case for your phone, and it's pretty rad. Uh, you can do that. Also, you can shop in the BN store, which is actually down right now because we're upgrading uh, the whole store. Uh, down, up, up. I had, to do, I had to do like a real inventory situation. I'm like, a, we're like a real company now, guys. I don't know if you knew <laughs> this. You have an inventory control system. I've right. just figured out that we're actually a company. I figured it out like a week ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, is the Brewing Network a company? Like I have to do things for that? I vey, I had to do it. Well, when you're paying the, you know, the estimated taxes every quarter. Exactly. I have to do that. That might now. clue you in a little bit. Apparently, I was supposed to be doing that all along, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? You're like six months away from getting a money manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we you have know, a. Do you have any good juice for that? <laughs> I'll, I'll make some phone calls. Okay. You know what's difficult for me is to is to see those numbers. Like I see that merch every day. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's kind of a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. And then when you see what it's worth, I about shit my pants. <laughs> or you see how fast it goes out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's before the, the holidays. It, for holidays. Before the holidays, it went great. It yeah. went out. It went out really well. But when you and you tried to restock, and you're like, oh shit, I didn't know that I would have to get that much. Right. Yeah. It's pretty. Uh, it's it's kind of intimidating, man. I Being a real like, boy is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so Pinocchio. There's a uh, we're putting up a whole new store very very soon. Good. Um, uh, but I'll put the old store back up uh, tomorrow, and you can buy new stuff. Uh, okay. Also, if you want to listen to this on the go, just download the iPhone or Android apps in the Android Market or iTunes. They're all there. Just search BN Mobile. It's free. It's free. New ones out. Yeah. Are we ever gonna get an adjustment on the application for the phone that says the following? That says the name of the show that we're listening to when it is uh, listening from the archives. Thank you. No. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's like every email I've gotten in the past six months. Is it all about that? Yeah. I love the app, but I hate it for why it doesn't tell me what is happening on the app when I'm watching it. I hate to hear that because it's a free app that we just got. <laughs> However. I have to say, I'm the same way. I'm yeah. critical about apps. Like, apps that I use and download, I'm a dick about it. It better be damn good. I'm thinking, like, in this day and age, the technology better be good. I don't put myself in their shoes. I just think, well, they're an app developer. They better get it right. Yeah, they know. They should know what I want. And then I stop and I think and I go, oh, fuck. That's why people are sending emails to me about my shitty app. I mean, it just does, it does one function. Whatever is live at the moment is what you listen to. Right. That's it. Period. If you don't know what it is, listen a little longer. You'll figure it out. Like, you'll figure out the topic. Wait for the break. (laughs) 
<laughs> wait for the break, right. and then we'll say, oh, and we'll be back with blah, blah, blah from Fuckstick Park, right. you know, talking about balls Love or something. Love that show. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I get it. I kind of know why they complain, but... Because <laughs> it's easy to do online, that's why. <laughs> it's because I know it doesn't mean I care. <laughs> uh, well, if you don't say what it is, I mean, I've listened to, like, this old, this, is that me? <laughs> yeah, that guy sounds familiar. Yeah. Man, he's a smooth talker. That yeah. guy sounds He's kind of drunk, but he sure sounds familiar. This isn't live, because that's me. Yeah. Oh. All right, so do go, go download the apps and shut up. Yeah, go do that, please. All right, uh, you can watch all this live on justin.tv slash brewing network. And by the way, they archive the video of these shows. So if you yes. want to like look at us sit here later in the week. You can, yep. you know. And if you do go on through justin.tv, uh, the chat room that pops up is not the chat that we talk about when we say join the chat. Right. So don't go in there. Go to the chat on the website. Yeah, hit the chat button on the, on the homepage. Or go to the video player on our website. But if you watch the old videos and you put on Dark Side of the Moon. They line up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch the old videos backwards and you put on Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, you will have one hell of a trip. You can hear a stagehand hang himself. That's how Doc and I spent New Year's Eve. Yep. We we are flying. Uh, we are on another planet. It's all purple and shit. <laughs> all right, subscribe and join the BN Army. If you become a monthly donor, you get entered into the uh, monthly more beer donation giveaway, which is a hundred dollar gift certificate every month. It's a pretty good deal that to more where? beer your sponsor does. Yeah. Uh, so house. just hit the one. Uh, hit sorry, the recurring donation is how you get in on that. You become a recurring donor. Uh, all right, all these announcements and more can be found over on Twitter and. <laughs> <laughs> Can we take one more quick minute just to uh, to thank everybody for uh, the increased donations, like you said, and for kicking ass on Amazon with all the holiday shopping and yeah. ordering the, the cases? You guys are red. Yeah, we have Keep been getting a lot of support lately. And yeah. it used to be that when we got support, it was um, a lot of people telling us about the support. And so um, what I'm getting at is there's a lot of like uh, undercover support going on that doesn't get thanked enough. Uh, so, so I good point, Moscow. Uh, a lot of those people are really stepping up, and, and we appreciate it. It's helping us grow. Yeah, you no know. kidding. You guys are killing it. Yep. Yep. Just belong. All right, send show ideas over to Scott the Jew at scott at thebrewingnetwork.com, scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Everything else goes over to JIP. Oh. JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. Want to do a uh, Twitter game? Yeah, do it. Uh, Twitter game for the opening salvo of 2012. 2012. I would like twelve. Uh, thank you, Dick. Scott. <laughs> For 2011, oh fuck, this is what we did last year for the shitty award. 2012. Yeah, uh, two. two. Um, I want to know what you guys, the BN Army, thought about the year 2011 for the Brewing Network. So what I want you to do is sum up the year 2011 for the Brewing Network in six words or less. Why don't you, Why not just make it 140 characters? Isn't that what the Twitter thing is? Yeah, but I want six words or less. It'd make it easier for this is, Whose game is it? This is like You're 30 right. characters. Yes, yeah, right. your game. I'm sorry. Six words or less. Okay. That's what I want from you. So what is it again? Three big words Sum up the words? year 2011 for the BN okay. in six words or less. And are we giving away a prize? We're always giving away a prize, baby. If you win, uh, if we vote your thing for the thing, then uh, you'll get something from the prize closet. You know what? We got a nice uh, uh, BN Army hoodie. Uh, back there. Oh, ah, do you want that to go to really? this? Yeah, let's that's do that. That's a rad prize. Let's do that. First, right. why not? Let's I'm feeling to, generous. Oh. It's two thousand. It's the last year on Earth. Oh, let's yeah. give away a hoodie. Why not? Give away all the merch. All right. I like how giving away a hoodie is generous to me. <laughs> <laughs> like You guys spend all your time working here for free, and I'm like, yeah, you can have a hat. <laughs> yeah. Here's a Jerk. hat that cost me three ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here, have a hoodie, yeah. listener. Oh, did you want to get paid? 
Here's yeah. a two dollar product. <laughs> yeah, here's your prize. Be a billboard <laughs> oh, for me. Shit. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I got a sticker over there you can put on your car. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, good. Another artichoke. Love it. All right. Okay. And also, you know, folks and fellas and and ladies and tasty, if you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom. Um, or have been fantasizing about su- uh, surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or yes. adult movie. If you go to adamandeve.com right now, for a limited time only, you get 50% off uh, just about any item. Uh, so if you select one item at 50% off, you get three free DVDs, uh, plus a free extra gift so sensual we can't mention it on internet radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping. Uh, so you get a whole lot of stuff if you go to adamandeve.com. Use coupon code BNARMY, B-N-A. R M Y. I think that's how you spell it. B N Army. I think so too. Um, so I don't know. You know, if you want some some lingerie, uh, if you're looking for a new vibrator, if you're looking or an for, old vibrator, uh, no, not an old vibrator. I don't think they do that. There's no gift. There's no like used exchange program no? over on Amazon. It's not like a GameStop. I'm blow up cheap. <laughs> how awesome would that be? Amazon. Also, Four like used to... from twenty two ninety nine. Benoit balls. I'm wondering if I could trade in my rabbit for a double sided. Uh... <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sorry, but the veins on this have really just worn down. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Just get something with a little more texture in it. Susie, you shopped at uh, Adam and Eve yet? I have not. You've not oh, I turned you off, sorry, because you were typing. <laughs> yeah, thing. you did. Uh, sorry. There you go. You haven't, you haven't shopped <clears throat> there yet, huh? No, but is this where you got this from? No, that we got that. Uh, Bali. She, she, she's holding up a wiener. Uh, the cock popper opener. is what she's holding up. That was from a listener who went to Bali. And, but that finish is hand rubbed. It does look hand rubbed. It's yeah, upside down. Anyway, you can get cool things like that over at Adam, adamandeve.com by using coupon code BNARMY. BNARMY, I think is how it is pronounced in Bali. That's how uh, Kurt Stock sa- calls us. Yeah? Every time he sees a shirt, he goes, oh, look, it's the BNARMY. <laughs> BNARMY. I like that guy. Kurt Stock's an excellent mead maker. He's yeah. also on the uh, Homebrewers Association uh committee with me doesn't he have like two and fake knees or something i don't know i think he's like half bionic man i love that guy though and he's the only like everyone else is like oh what is that an artichoke and then i go yeah you're an asshole <laughs> but kurt says banarmi and i think it's hilarious it's it's pretty good. It, so here's a little lesson for everybody who's a douchebag out there it's all in the delivery yes. <laughs> if the person you're making fun of can tell that you're doing it because you like them then it's funny to do and it's a good thing to do if you're doing it because you have pent up anger and you're an asshole, like I usually do, just keep it to yourself because it then it doesn't come out as funny. Nobody's fun. No one, no one laughs. It's very uncomfortable for everybody involved, especially for yeah. me when I have to go. <laughs> oh, you! Oh gosh! You silly goose! Oh, I bet your wife loves you and yeah. your humor. No, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> you're the hit at parties, aren't you? <laughs> but you have a lot of friends. <laughs> Why don't you go back and listen to more shows that you seem to hate so much? Anyway, Benarmi, Kurt Stock. You're funny. You're a funny guy. Yeah. That's what you get. He's a good dude. Yeah. Okay. It's time for break. Break. It's time, break. For, our, it's time for our first break of 2012. Yeah. Woo! No feedback? No nothing yet? My favorite parts of the show. The breaks. Uh, we just don't have time because uh, we've got Jen Talley uh, scheduled to come on in five minutes. Ah, okay. Uh, right. So we'll move feedback to after, uh, uh, after the... Jen Talley? Uh, yeah. I worked hard on my feedback. I know, and it's good. I have it in front of me, but uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk to Jen Talley, who's uh, formerly of Squatters in Utah and now with the Red Hook Brewery in Washington. Or Washington. Washington. We'll ask Jen what she <laughs> yeah, thinks. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That. We'll get to the bottom of this. Yeah, oh, she says it. Covering the important things with Jen Talley when we come back. Hang in there. It's the session. Happy 2012, kids.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states. Plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Google Network. The session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now.
Welcome back to the program, our first show of 2012. It's our annual Brewing Network Awards that we'll be doing later on in the program, the highly coveted, highly anticipated Brewing Network Awards. Did Everybody I, wants did one. Did I see the uh, announcer man in the green room there? Uh, he, You did, oh, yes. Wow. He's getting ready. Him. He's yeah. getting ready. That's announcer man. Wow. Does he have his paper bag on like I told him to? <laughs> yeah, he did. He has a tie on even, too. He's, very He's the well-dressed. unknown announcer now. He has to wear a paper bag and two little eye holes all the time. Uh, but before we get to the Brewing Network Awards, we're going to do our first interview of 2012. There you go, Moscow. I said it right for you. We've got Jen Talley, uh, who's now with Red Hook on the line. Hey, Jen, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks for being back on the show with us. Yeah, no problem. So, Jen, last time we spoke to you, we were talking about low-gravity beers. And, of course, uh, you were with Squatters back then. Um, and you kind of helped us go through the process of, of low-gravity brewing because I had come through Squatters a couple years ago, and um, I was amazed at the flavor of those beers being being such a low gravity. So you kind of walked us through that. But now you've you've moved on just recently to, to Red Hook. Did I lose you? Oh, it's not good. Oh, it does look like I lost her. Well, well, we know where to find some her. filler here, then, I guess. Is this my first uh, Skype failure of 2012? How long did that take? We're still we're still here. About six syllables. It's still... Such as having major Still problems. the BN. Um, hmm. Maybe I have too many people on the interwebs tonight. Like who? Moscow, they're not watching TV out there in the other room, are they? No. There you go. Hi, Jen. Sorry about that. They're reading Oprah Magazine oh. out there. <laughs> it's our first... Uh, you're our, you're our first failure of 2012 already. Wow. So much that. <laughs> you're honored, I'm sure of it. Very honored. <laughs> Dude, this is Brad Bottle. All I had man. said was that uh, last time we spoke with you, was you were helping us out brewing low-gravity beer because I was so impressed with it out at Squatters. But now you're with Red Hook. How long have you been with them? Uh, I think, uh, uh, what is it, January 10th, like two, after uh, two months, two, two, three months? Just a couple months now. Okay. Yep. I just I just made a change in October, so I see. And how did that happen? Because I mean, there's a lot we could talk about here, but it's really an enormous jump to go from how many barrels a year were you brewing there at Squatters? I was at twelve hundred barrels a year uh, for production at Squatters Pub. Okay, yeah. And what's it going to be at Red Hook? Uh, if we're talking in barrels, one hundred and eighty thousand. Wow. So I just, all I mean is, I'm just curious about the jump. Were you looking to move to a, to a big brewery or did this just kind of happen? You know, to be real honest with you, I wanted to open up my own brewery and hope, hope to open up my own brewery someday. But I started looking around at Utah and opening it up there and I just started freaking me out. So with the, um, with the laws, as far as uh, what you have to do to, sell like a pizza and sell some beer and you can't have a uh, 4% beer, uh, over 4% beer on draft. I started really compensating uh, my business plan. And I said, you know what? I think I need to leave Utah. And, and so I just kind of backed off on the business plan and decided to take a job in another state with a really good company. And hopefully I'll come back to it. See, I like that already because a lot of people get so caught up in their dream. Like I need to yes. open a brew pub. And you'll make all these compromises, and really, all you're doing is making your life miserable if you have to jump through all those hoops to be in Utah. <laughs> you lose the dream, too. Yeah. Smart you're move. Ab- yeah, you're absolutely right. The dream involved, you know, giving giving uh, you know the beard shrinker that experience. They come in, they can 
they come to the place it's made, they see my barrel stacked high, they get the sour beer on draft or they get the IPA on draft. And that's, that's all part of it. I mean, just kind of normal, normal experience, but you can't have that there. And right. so I started compensating and compensating. Finally, I said, you know what? No way. I'm not going to invest my entire life, but sign on dotted lines, pull other investors in and then compensate the plan. So right. I just said, back off and hopefully the dream happens. But the way I want it. Yeah, you got plenty of time for that. Yeah. Well done. But Thank speaking you. of plenty of time, so you were working at Squatters from what? The time you were twenty one. Yep. Yep. Twenty oh, years. That's so. amazing. Oh. So you're so you're only thirty. You're only thirty now. Yes, I, I started when I was eleven. <laughs> yeah, I started yeah. <laughs> because Utah they let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> well, the, the beer's so weak and nobody gets that hot. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so were the squatters people just like beside themselves that some twenty one year old blonde chick was hanging around wanting to brew? Yeah, they were they were hesitant. They liked me, but they interviewed me for four months wow. before they gave me the job at I kid you not, four dollars and seventy five cents an hour. Wow. That's yeah. more than these guys get, so that's okay. <laughs> that sounds wow. like a king, king's yeah. ransom. Wait, an hour? I, I get flat. But <laughs> now, Jen, I forget from our first interview, but you were you a home brewer at that time and bringing them your homebrew or yeah, I started homebrewing when I was 19, and um, I did. I brought my homebrew into an interview, and any any aspiring beer lover, uh, brewer, wants to be a brewer, if you ever go to a brewing interview, bring your homebrew. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Good, well, good, good. Advice. good advice. And if you're afraid to bring your homebrew, you're not ready. Don't go to the interview. Yeah, pretty, seriously. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, if it's not good. Yeah. Right. You're not ready. Now, did you become the head brewer at, at 21? or? or no, no, no. I just started out as an assistant, and I trained under Dan Burek. And then um, we opened up our production brewery, Utah Brewers Cooperative, which is now Utah Brewers Cooperative. But we went through a couple different uh, uh, changes uh, to become Utah Brewers Cooperative, but okay. then I went, to, I went to Siebel Brewing School, and then you know became the head brewer and got a got a brewer that works for me. Okay, now, and then I did did a lot of the recipe designs for the company for the production beer and for or and for the pub. I see. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, but unless you're the owner of a pub like Squatters or any other kind of a brew pub. It's pretty unheard of for a person to stick around for twenty plus years. I mean, you really, you really stuck it out there. It is well. I, I, I had three. You know, my owners are they were fantastic. They're great guys. We're, we're friends, and will be for the rest of our lives. You, know, you don't spend twenty years and not be fa- become family with someone. And right. um, it was a very happy departure. As, as sad as it was, it was they were happy for me. And they understood what I was doing, even though I don't really, you know, I don't understand sometimes, but. They, um, you know, they gave me carte blanche. I mean, whatever I wanted to do. You want to make this kind of beer? Go ahead. I never even asked. I just said, this is now on tap. Or I need to go to conference. Or I need to go to, you know, this class. Or They just they just did anything for me. They were fantastic. And I worked really hard for them. And I made a lot of, a lot of, a lot of different beers for them. So, it, you know, it's not hard to stay someplace where you just have complete creative control and just do whatever you want. So sure. I just, I ran out of space. That was the problem. I only had a thousand square feet. And so I put all these oak barrels in there and I started making sour beers. And all I had were space for eight or 12 barrels. And then I started being like, I need more space. And I didn't have any more. So right. I, I had to get a bigger brewery. That makes sense. And, now, now you do. Is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me get a let me get a mental picture here because I, I want to make sure we're talking about the same brewery. The brewery that I was at was the um, the space right next to the restaurant pub. Is that the space we're talking about? 
Yep, that's it. Oh my yeah. god! I could even, but I was there. I think before the barrels. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't fit my I, my camera crew consisted of Jamil <laughs> holding a video, a home video camera. Yeah, I couldn't get him in there. Yeah. <laughs> and the barrels are downstairs. And my assistant, two hundred, who now who now took the job as head ruler, Jason. He's a great guy. And he's like uh, six foot four, two forty. So we, you know, it was a tight space. Two forty. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's a big great guy. Boy. <laughs> Wow! Someone had to carry the barrel downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. So you've you've wanted to expand and and kind of I, I think any brewer uh, home brewers are the same would would really want to create more especially after twenty years. Yeah. So you were feeling like you needed to just kind of get that creative thing going too. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, I had the creative thing going for twenty straight years. All I do and did was create. So actually, I felt like I kind of needed to get the production thing going on and start seeing, okay, how do we do this and how do we do it 24 hours a day? I you see. Know, six days a week. And then how do I work with a team of 10 and how do I schedule that and how do I bring the malt in and how do I bring the CO2 in and how do I work with the lab and, I mean, really get the production thing going. I, I didn't have that. Although I was associated with Utah Brewers Cooperative, I didn't work at the production brewery on a daily basis. I basically fed them you know, uh, specialty beers and, you know, help work with marketing and getting the, getting the beers up to design and, and getting them into the bottle. But I, I wasn't there on a daily basis scheduling and figuring out how to troubleshoot and bringing in, dropping in new huge tanks. And so I never knew I wanted that until, until recently. I said, and I just really wanted a challenge. I, I'll be real honest. I got bored. I got yeah. bored. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds like that's your, your logical next step. That makes sense. Yes. You know, yeah. you've done everything else on the brewing side. Now work on the pack. Well, yeah, those are things you just don't see at a pub brewery. I mean, yeah. all those production brewing scheduling issues and expansion and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It makes huh. sense. Well, you, and even at the beginning when you had carte blanche, just brew whatever you want and make it good. That's that's not a norm a lot of times anyway. No. Yeah. You already went through that part. Yeah, You're right, done. and I and they gave me and I did and, and it kept me excited for 20 years. I mean, it wasn't until I came back from Belgium and made sour beer and I made a couple different types, and then I finally tried to put in another tank, and I realized not one more tank could fit in my brewery. It was kind of like this <laughs> awakening. It's like, oh my god, I can't grow my brewery. I gotta go. So, but it took me 20 years to get there. <laughs> right. Well, hey, you're patient. Yeah. You know, you're just plugging along. That was a good run. <laughs> but you got there's a, lot of, there's a lot of beer styles to make. <laughs> so, yeah. so what do you do? That You go, all right, I'm going to look into open my own place. And then you, you realize that you have to make so many compromises. So you change your game plan. And, and do you see a job listing for Red Hook? Or what happens? <laughs> I, did, I did. I saw a couple different job listings. Monster. And I checked a couple places out. Um, and... I started. I interviewed with um, with Red Hook, and I they brought me up here, and I went into the brewery, and I my jaw dropped. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it's just gorgeous. <laughs> really, and uh, the place is beautiful up here. And I have a friend, Dick Cantwell, is a good friend of mine. He works at Allegiant, so I went over and saw him, and and um, uh, I'd never been to the I'd never been uh, to the Pacific Northwest. It had been a while. I'd been up here for conference, but I never lived up here. And, I started looking at what's on tap and the things you can do in the state, and I said, you know, this is this is pretty much the opposite of Utah. This is good. Yeah. So. Did you bring your homebrew? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> when you're going uh, to a production brewery yeah. that big, it probably feels like it when you're bringing. Yeah, I know it actually kind of does. It, yeah, I got to tell you, some of my guys that I that are the brewers there that I'm you know managing and, and, and leading and everything laugh sometimes at the things I say. I'm like. 
well, why don't we just do this? And they look at me and they're, they're, they just look at me for a second. I'm like, why can't you just put that and throw that on the top of the mash? And, get the <laughs> and they're like, do you have any idea what that would take? I'm like, oh, sorry. I forgot. Yeah. They're like, do you see where the top of the mash is now? It's eight stories up. <laughs> we'll take a skip loader for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll write a recipe and they're like, well, we don't carry that malt. I'm like, well, can't we just use it for this brew? They're like, do you know how many pounds that is? I'm like, I forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, so they, yeah. They bear with me a lot. <laughs> That's funny. I would like that if I was working with you. I'd go, man, I love her ideas, but what a wackadoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are, are, you the, are you the head brewer? Um. I guess you could call it that, you so know, you, it's brewing operations manager. There's a plant manager, and then there's, and then there's uh, a woman who runs packaging, Kristen, and then I run brewing, and then I've got ten. Uh, uh, actually, we're hiring right now, but I have currently ten brewer brewers. I call them all brewers, but they're brewers or cellarmen in their filtration. So, so I'm in charge of brewing till. Uh, to, uh, so in essence, when they look at you funny, you could actually just say, "Just do it." <laughs> That's right. I, I could, but then you know they would all hate me. <laughs> well, that's true. No, and also, until, until it turned out awesome. No, and then no, they wouldn't because there's still the accounting department that, yeah. that, had, that comes down yeah. and goes, "Look, we know you said just do it, but no." Yeah. <laughs> There's too much like of a that. Thousand, a thousand pounds of Maris Otter. What was that, by the way? <laughs> when it's a one-off brew, then I say, "Well, come on, we'll just do it for this one time." And then I always make sure I'm there opening the bags and, and, and you know running the mill and throwing the bags. And so I'm just like, "Hey, I'm willing to put the 27 bags in." So. Right, right. I'll do it. Okay, <laughs> That's they, dedication. Did they really bring you in to keep it the same? No, I doubt that. Yeah. I, I, I doubt that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. they, they they saw something in you, and they want to put that into the what let you help out exactly make it oh, better. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think they like I think they like my love for craft and my my love for beer and my adventure and all that. So I I definitely don't think they brought me in to keep it the same. In fact, I think there were some people interviewing that the brewery will remain nameless, but it was for a large, massive brewery that yeah. they did not choose that person. Well, and and that brings up a good point, both what Doc is saying about why they might have hired you, but I'd like to ask you that, because um, you you didn't have the experience coming from another large operations side brewery. Um, So what do you think it was about you that that made them decide, look, even though she doesn't have the experience, we want her? Well, I think that's a really great question. Um, And if I was, I guess I would say, first and foremost, passion. I mean, it's just completely authentic, undying love for this, for the craft. And, um, I mean, I haven't gone a day to work in 20 years, you know, go to the brewery, you know? And so I think they saw that and you just, you can't manufacture that in someone. And, and, and that's a great thing to have in a brewery is people, you know, someone who just absolutely loves brewing and the craft of brewing and has that passion and doesn't stay late because they want to look good for the boss, but stays late because the job's got to get done and they got to, you know, they've got to you know finish the brew for the day. Yeah. Um, I also think they were looking for potential leadership skills um, in a time of, you know, the Red Hook's been through a lot of changes, and they really want to come into their own and take it to the next level. And I, uh, it's kind of odd, but my, my, my formal education is soci- sociology, and I got my master's in social work. So I'm a really great bar therapist. So I work really well with others. <laughs> and, uh, nice. I do. I work really well with others, and I, I love the idea of building teams and, you know, and having a, a really good time together at work. And that's not a bad thing. So I don't have a huge ego. I don't, it's like, oh, it's not all about me. It's not, you know, it's my way or the highway. And I think that can be really helpful when you have like, 
you know, 11 surly brewers that all want the day shift. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, a little diplomacy on your part has to go a yeah. long way. Yeah. For sure. Well, what do you think he wants from you? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to hire yourself in his shoes. I wish I could afford to hire Jen to come in here and a little diplomacy. Working with you guys, it's a mess in here. For sure. One of you doesn't like that guy. The other one doesn't <laughs> like the other one. Well, I think all you need to do is just spring for therapy for everybody. <laughs> we should all go into like marriage counseling or some sort of group therapy. I agree. And I think we'd be great. And, we, and Jen doesn't need to have any prior radio experience. She'll just come here and she'll ace the interview. Yeah, she'll just yeah. figure it out. That's true. Apparently, she's good at acing interviews. How, <laughs> Jen, how many, how, many people, like how many people do you think apply for that job? God, I have no idea. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't even ask. You know, I just, I was, I was happy to get it. And, and I, all I know is I'm hiring for a brew of one right now, and I had 100 applicants. Wow. So. Wow. wow. Well, and it's a good area for that, too, isn't it? The Washington, Portland, or the Oregon area, um, tons of brewers out there. That's, a, that's a lot of homebrew. Yeah, there is. There is a lot of great brewers out there, and a lot of great breweries. It's it's so fantastic. I mean, it's just I've got this great local shop, and I live in Redmond, which is just up the street from Woodenville. It's about eight minutes from the brewery. My husband got a job at Malton Vine. I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but I think just, I have. Yeah, man, it's just you salivate when you look at the coolers and you know the things you can buy. It's just like, oh my god, I'm not in Utah anymore. It's, it's kind of nice. <laughs> Actually, after 20 years of that, Jen, I would imagine your head is exploding seeing what you can buy now. Wait, this says 7%. I don't think I can touch this. Oh, do we have to have a special license for that? Oh. It's only and you can and you can drink there. They have beer on draft. So I like I had a chuck and up pills in it. I shocked. It was fantastic. Nice. Now, listen, being the sour fan that I am and uh Actually, we've nominated uh, them for an award in one of our awards tonight. So I have to ask: Have you gone down to the Cascade Barrel House there in uh, in in Oregon? Uh, oh, that in, that's important. Yes, I did. Yeah. I went. I uh, looked at my friend John Harris from Full Sail, and um, I was actually, I, you know, I was in Portland a little bit, um, and uh, just like in November, and I went to Cascade Barrel House and a House of Sour. That's what's on the yes, exactly right on the wall. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think, oh gosh, I think Sang Royale was my favorite that I tasted that night. Very nice. That's a tasty beer. Yeah, great, great place. And even the name, like to me, when I came back from there, I only, it's fairly new. I went there for the OBF this year. But the impression I took away was there were very few places on this planet that you can advertise that you're the house of sour and have people <laughs> come into the building. Yeah. Or line up. Yeah. That's, that's how you got to do it, though. I mean, you just got to own it. I love how they own it. <laughs> yeah. We are the place where your mouth will fall inside of itself. Well, granted, <laughs> I did make that my last stop of the night. I went to Bailey's Tap House first, and then um, oh, we went and ate somewhere. Some uh, I forgot where we ate. That's, you know, we, we always remember where we drank, right? And of then, course. Um, I went to the basement, which is a cool little spot, and then um, House of Sour. So it was a great, it's a great place to finish. Okay, sounds like a good move for you, just to this coast. I think so far. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. Justin usually finishes in the uh, Barrel House <laughs> I, I, many I usually, times. No, I usually finish at Sassy's, which is right oh. near the Barrel House. <laughs> yeah. Justin yeah. actually prays towards the Barrel House three times a day, like a Muslim towards Mecca. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I love that place. Well, now let me ask you this though, Jen. Uh, do you still have a passion for the low gravity beers, though? Even though maybe it was a restriction for so long, you were so good at it. I wonder if you're, it's still a thing for you. Oh, absolutely! I mean, if I ever see a four percent beer, you know, I definitely you know taste it, drink it to see you know if it's you know, it's well made. I mean, it just shows how good a brewer can be. I think if you can make really good. I hope that doesn't sound 
fat-headed, but no, I agree. It's, just, it's so hard to make low-alcohol beers that I'm, yeah. I'm so impressed by it. But I mean, I like to drink a lot of beer, and I also don't like to look like a huge person, so I you can't just drink <laughs> high-alcohol beer all the time. Right. So and I weigh, you know, I'm like 130, so I can't, I can't put down big seven, eight, and nine percent. I do love them, and I will drink them at the end of the night. But if I want to have multiple beers i can't start with a big one so um i still i still i gotta tell you i really really miss provo girl pilsner and slaughter's ipa i I shed a tear all the time especially the pilsner because the pilsner is one of the best pilsners i ever drank and it was four percent so wow just i I think we i think they got a um uh, award in session beer great american beer festival last year for the just yeah i do i do have a huge appreciation for it but um i'm starting to get my tolerance up because (laughs) <laughs> I, go to, I go to the forecasters pub after work we have a cool pub right on the on the brewery at red hook and you know if you work there you know they give you they think they're you know doing you a favor so they give you these massive large glasses <laughs> that are like 22 ounces like oh she's a brewer here you go <laughs> and, you know, right. and, and even though our beers at red hook are very sessionable and it's actually kind of a session focus um there's still, you know, I usually get like Long Hammer IPA or something. There's still like 6% and I forget. And I'll put down like half a gallon of 6% beer. I'll be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, not here you Utah go. anymore, you know? Now go operate heavy machinery. Nice yeah. to see you, Jen. And the bartender's like, who's the drunk that we hired? Wow, look at her I, chugging beers. We're not in Utah anymore, to Toto. I usually try to do it at the end of the day. So. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is fine. Yeah, we all have our demons. It does not reflect way. back on the job at all. <laughs> but it's a learning curve, I'll have to tell you. It's a, it's, I'm having to get my tolerance up, that's for sure. So, um, what what are you planning on improving, changing at uh, Red Hook? Hang on. don't Jen, don't answer that because this is going to be a big topic for us. Yeah. I'm going to take a, I got to take a quick break. But I, but I do want to talk about the beers of Red Hook. And, and one of the things is, like Doc was asking now and earlier, you know, we are curious about why they hired you and, and what changes you might make. And I've got, like a, I've got a little history with Red Hook that I want to tell you also. I, so, I, 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 wait, I wait with bated breath. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Good, good. This is why I keep doing radio, because I just assume everybody wants to hear all this bullshit from me. So, <laughs> Jen, give me just five minutes. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about Red Hook. Okay. All right, hang in there. It's the session. We're talking to Jen Talley right now, uh, formerly of Squatters and now with Red, Red Hook. We'll be right back. White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. 
Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and lager for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of $7.99, Brew Saver Shipping, superior customer service, and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious meals at your favorite restaurant and at home. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events recipes, great feature stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is brewers just say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. The home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. program we're talking to jen tally she's with red hook now and uh that's what we want to talk about is the red hook beer and this big move jen you still with us i sure am okay 
Now, I have a story about Red Hook that I have a feeling is kind of similar to a lot of, uh, of craft beer fans' uh, experience with this beer. And that is that when I was first getting into craft beer, well, for one, I was under 21 when I first started getting into craft Allegedly. beer. Allegedly. Again, uh, I think also similar to most people. Um, but so I, so I had to buy beer at certain places. But when I turned 21, um, there was a liquor. I can remember the liquor store. It was a very smelly liquor store. But they had a pretty decent beer selection. It was near my house. And I had to be 21 to buy there. So I remember specifically that I started drinking Red Hook when I was 21. And I went in and I bought uh, Red Hook a lot. And I had been experimenting with a couple of different things. I was already a Sierra Nevada fan. And then I wanted to branch out from Sierra Nevada. And I didn't know where to go. I saw Red Hook a lot. So I, so I went to that. And I loved it. And I liked it because it had this, it, it was the Red Hook ESB, and it had this this buttery character to it. Yummy. I loved it. it, it my palate was developing, and I thought, well, now this is a really unique signature uh, kind of flavor. It was a signature, it was a unique yeah. flavor, and, I, and it caused me to actually go do some research about, like, what the hell's an ESB? Yeah. So even the name made me, as a beer geek, start to want to know what these names were and what these beers were. and Extra super buttery. <laughs> but that wasn't exactly what I found. Yeah. But um, I found it to be this English style that had certain characteristics. Well, especially after drinking what you had been before. I went you, from, like, Keystone Light to, to Sierra Nevada. Well, you went to from, from, yeah, Keystone Light to a flavor. Right. Not You know, you didn't know what it was. So any anything... And to, right. and to this day, I have extremely positive memories of this of this ESB beer. Yeah, it still wasn't until years later. In fact, probably when we started this show, that I knew that there was even a chemical component to that buttery flavor that I enjoyed so much. Which, of course, as we know, you know, what I'm getting at, is, is the this diacetyl. Yes. Um, but my point is, back then, as my palate was developing, it was such a unique. I, I loved it. I and now that I know more about it. I almost feel like it was cultivated in the beer because of how different it was. Hmm. Uh, but, but I don't know that. This is just my uh, my theory right. that they cultivated this this diacetyl flavor back then. And um, and now I've got your ESB in front of me. Now we just had some. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we've got bottled on dates for these too. Now that is November twenty eighth of eleven. So were you on board for that brew, Jen? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, I started in October, October fifteenth. So, yeah. hope, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm, how does it? How does the beer serve your memory now? Well, <laughs> it's not like I remember. It does not have. It's to really be. different now. My fond buttery flavor is gone. <laughs> You've changed an old friend of mine. However, had I tasted that now, Jen, you you know as well as I do that I would have to say to you, "What's going on? This needs to be fixed." But back yeah. then, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it yeah. was a thing. So. I, I had to bring that up because I want to know about it. I want to know about the, the history of this flavor with Red Hook, if you, if you know much about their progression. Well, I, know that, I know that they, um, I, I, I too had the same experience in my young age. However, I became, I, was a, I started brewing in 91, so I kind of got up to speed um, pretty fast on what that flavor was. So okay. I personally did not have another ESB. Um, I didn't keep drinking it like it sounds like you did, but yes, I did a lot. Of it. <laughs> I punished I, myself. Yeah, so I uh, actually I didn't have an ESB until I sat down after my first day of interviewing with the plant manager and ordered one and said, "God, I hope this flavor isn't still in here." You did in your head. You were nervous, right? I was so freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah can you change it, or should I leave it alone? <laughs> yeah, you were nervous. 
I was very nervous, and I was I was happily surprised because it, it, it's a it's a super session beer, and it's, it's super clean, and very yeah. easy to drink, and um, and so I was really happy that that flavor wasn't in there anymore. So uh, I think um, I want to believe, you know, I tiptoe a little bit lightly around that history because it was uh, it, 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 but when you talk to other brewers, it's on the tip of all their tongues. In fact, I was at Craft Brewers Conference in San Francisco, and my friends had found out that I uh, had taken the job. And it was, you know, and um, we, uh, God, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I was in San Francisco. Yeah. And I went to lunch, and I was with Vinny from Russian River, and he's like, wow, so you're going to, you're going to, uh, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, I'm sorry, it was, in Min- it was in Minnesota. I was at NBAA, Master Brewers Association of America. That's right. And I had taken the job and accepted the job. It was out publicly. Okay. And Vinny and I were going to lunch, and he's just like, you know, I haven't had an ESB for about a decade. I said, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and so we had one together. He was like, this tastes pretty good. I'm like, I know, it's, it's gotten, it's, it's pretty good. So um, I have to believe that they wanted um, probably a little bit of that flavor in there, and, it, and, and they probably got a lot. That's yeah. what I think happened, you know. I don't really drag that conversation around and, and try and, you know, get it out of everybody, but I probably should. I've kind of been really nice, you know, a new person, new job, you know. <laughs> sure. Well it's more of a it's more of a curious thing. And I'll be I'll be completely honest with you, Jen. You know, when when Moscow told me that we had you booked on the show and that you're with Red Hook, it makes my I have a little anxiety about this interview. It makes my life difficult because I have a lot of respect for you and I want to do a respectful interview, but I also have um uh you know, I owe it to my listeners to to ask the questions that are on people's mind and hard hitting questions. Well, not even hard hitting, but let's <laughs> yeah. you know, for, for us to sit here and pretend that it's not on our mind, it's a difficult thing for me to do as an interviewer. Yeah. Sure. So I don't I, think you should run around asking for the story either, but it, it has to be talked about. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree with you. I, like I said, I, I, I remember drinking that beer. I probably had it maybe less than five times in my life. By the fifth time, I had already gotten my brewing job and kind of figured out what that flavor was and stopped drinking it. And I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, and the good thing is, um, it's uh, it's a very different beer and it's it's, it's fantastic. And uh, and the, you know the brewery's grown up and the, the brewers are, are are solid and the you know the, their techniques and their labs are great and you know. I think it did. It probably did damage to them, but um, they're making one hundred eighty thousand barrels, and that's pretty good. Well, that's kind of why I, 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 I tell the story like I do because the damage didn't come from people getting into craft beer. So right. it sold a lot of beer, is my opinion. It got yeah, a lot yeah. of us to go buy a bunch of beer. It wasn't until later that, like, as we were growing up as beer drinkers... Because that we you had to, bought so much of it. ...that yeah. we started to go, okay, we're not going to buy that one anymore. Right. And so. not, not to beat up on Red Hook either. I think in that era, in the late 90s, there were yeah. a lot of breweries using English yeast and getting a little bit of that character. And Absolutely. it wasn't uncommon. Right? I agree yeah. with you on yeah. that. There was a lot of beers on the shelf that had just a, a slight, piece of it. Yeah. Yes, a slight diastole well, complexity. It's, it's supposed right. to be in there. Yes. Slightly. Yes. Yeah. It's and, acceptable. And I'm with Justin. When I moved up to Northern California, I couldn't get it in Southern California, and this was one of my first craft brews. Right. And I drank a lot of it. Yeah. And then I kind of got away from it because of... Your one, palate. Because of the palate thing. But you know what? It made me a super taster for <laughs> diastole. Okay, yeah. yeah. I made can, you sensitive to it. I can taste it down to the billionth almost. It's, yeah, it's, I can I can beat my machine. Yes, I can. <laughs> oh, you can. Yeah, I, can, too. I can too. Well and done. You know what? This is so clean, so different than 
what was back then, it's amazing. I like this beer. Yeah. Well, now, this leads me to another uncomfortable question, Jen. How do you feel about Obama? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, uh, it's a question of, and, and this is a people's perception question that, that maybe you experience, maybe you don't. But is, you know, is Red Hook still a craft brewery? Um, and I know that there's a definition of what a craft brewery is, right? Now, I taste this beer in front of me, and I have no problem saying, wow, well, that's a craft beer, and I like it. That's a good craft beer. But the name Red Hook has kind of grown up and gone to, in fact, I remember even hearing rumors that it was owned by this big company and that big company, and now it's part of the Craft Brewers Alliance. Is that right? It sure is. So, so what do you think? When, when you think of, of, of Red Hook, um, I know that you're a craft brewer, so, so, so talk to me about this brand in that, in that realm. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. And my friends have a lot of fun with that all the time. So, uh, <laughs> I have, I have some pretty funny pictures of, anyway, I won't go into that piece. But, <laughs> um, the, you know, what is a craft brewery? I, I, I remember when that de- definition was uh, put out there. I was, uh, I, it was a very, uh, it was a very difficult time for a lot of uh, the craft brewers and the Brewers Association. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for the Brewers Association. I, I sit on many committees. I'm a judge for World Beer Cup, GADF. I, I help put together the conferences and speak at them. But um, it, I, was, I was not super happy about defining what a craft brewer is. I think there's a craft in, in making beer. I think there's a craft in making 8 million barrels of beer. Yeah. I think there's a craft in making 180,000. And I know there's a craft in making 1,200. So, and I know there's a, a huge craft in making five gallons. I think brewing is a craft. It just depends on what level you're at, personal. And it's just a personal opinion. So yeah. I remember, I remember when I heard they were going to make a definition. And I remember going to the meeting at the Craft Brewers Conference and sitting there with hundreds of members, which usually at these meetings, we get like eight because everybody else is out drinking and having a good time. But this was <laughs> right. so, this was such an issue. This was such a, such, so contentious that people showed up to talk to the board and people wow. were not happy. Yeah. And I, and I, I stood up. I remember this, uh, and I've known, I've known Rob and Kurt Widmer for a long time. And Widmer brothers are also a member of the Craft Brewers Alliance. And, um, I, I've known them for 20 years. They're, they're, they are why I started craft brewing. I used to drink Widmer Hefe, but that was, that was my, some of the first beers I drank. Um, and that in Sierra, of course. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I had a huge respect for Rob and Kurt Woodman. And I remember being at this meeting, and I remember that if the decision was made that you couldn't be owned more than 25% by a large brewery, they would not be considered craft brewers anymore. Now, these are two guys that started Widmer Brothers Brewing, and, you know, I've always thought of them as being craft brewers. And and to think that all of a sudden that they were not defined as, an, as a craft brewer, which is an industry they pretty much built with a couple other people, you know, I mean, helped develop this industry in my mind, um, was just crazy to me. So yeah. I stood up in that meeting and raised my hand in front of the board and said, I think if you want to make a definition to define a craft brewer, you should mandate that they have to mash in with an ore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, that was funny. Huh? Yeah, that was it. No, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. you're like, yeah. I mean it. This is what you're doing. Right. So right now, under right now under the definition of a craft brewer, you can make six million barrels a year. Okay. 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 How did? Yeah. I just I I don't get it. How it went to that? Yeah. Who knows? I don't, you, you know. Yeah. Do. We make 180 thousand at our brewery, and I think the company company wide because we have Portsmouth, New Hampshire brewery, and we have the brewery in Portland. Is it about uh, uh, somewhere? You know, 
uh, I think maybe half a million or so. But we're less than New Belgium Brewing. We're way less than Sierra. Okay. Um, so who's a craft brewer? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you know, you know, you know, we do have part ownership. It's public information, you know, um, by Anheuser-Busch, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's very small and, uh, they don't come to the brewery. They don't talk to us about what to make. They're, they don't, I've never met anyone from there. I don't plan on it. In the interview, they said, you're not going to have any interaction with them. They don't tell us how to make our beer. They don't have any direction of the company. And, um, it's there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of different ownership. And so when you start getting into that needly stuff, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's right. I don't think you should define it. I think we're all brewers and we all have a craft and we all decide what we want to make. And some of it's, you know, massive industry lager beer, which thank God or else I wouldn't have been able to afford drinking in college, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to learn something. I think, I think, I think beer serves a purpose in all different elements. You know, you've got big industry lager beer, you've got craft beer and you've got big breweries and small breweries and, and my home brewer friends serve a purpose too. So, it's just it's just a craft and and I don't think anyone can tell me it's not. Well, Jen, I couldn't agree. That's a fantastic answer. I yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and and that's why I asked because I knew that you'd have a good uh, perspective on it. I don't like the the barrels distinction either. Now in and I don't not that I have to defend them. I have no stake in the Craft Brewers Association or anything else. Uh, but um, I, I think that they have um, a job to protect to protect who small brewers are and who. Big brewers are because that's that's who their members are, and and mm-hmm. in their efforts to try to do that, they they came up with a with a definition, mm-hmm. and it was the best that they could do, and it had problems. A lot of times when we we start to create these definitions, there are problems, and you end yeah. up accepting the best one that you can, and it's yeah. flawed. And, and I do believe that their intentions are very good. Yeah, I absolutely. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I know I know all of them. I worked with all of them for years, and they're fantastic people. And I do believe yeah. their intentions are ve- are in the right place. Well, I absolutely. I have a hard. I have you know, like, like I said, I have a master's in social work. I have a hard time with definitions, diagnosing people, count, labeling things. It's right. Just, yeah. You start putting things in boxes, and you usually get into trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're all great people except Bradley. But um <laughs> No, I know. Uh but yeah, I mean that's the definition of a definition is, you know, you you have to pick and choose and you have to take the middle ground what is most popular. You, you know, you're going to leave other people out right. when you try to pigeonhole and, a group or whatever and, and and the people who are being left out are going to be pissed. Even some of the people that are obviously in the group right. are going to be upset. Why are you trying to pigeonhole? Why are you trying to be all pigeonholing? <laughs> right. You know, there's but no I, point. But I understand I, I, I their, totally in, their intent. Their intent is in wonderful. Uh, yep. but, but I like, you know, I think, Jen, that you're right. When, just when you say that, like, look, uh, really we're all craft brewers yeah. because our because brewing is a craft. I like that take but, on it. But craft beer um, does, it, it's also a brand. And so they're protecting the brand of small brewers. Um, it would almost have been better to say small brewers or something, but we've just grown up with this name, and it's craft beer, and that's what we yeah. have. And it's a brand that they're trying to protect. Uh, I do like your comparisons, too, though, Jen, because I wouldn't have known that or, or looked it up because I'm lazy uh, until you you know oh, said no. that, like, New Belgium, who nobody argues if New Belgium is a, is a craft brewery. They're a craft brewery. Right. Uh, they ever, we all know that. It's obvious they're a craft brewery. However, they're making more beer than, uh, than Red Hook is making. Oh, and, yeah. And the same thing could be said for Sierra Nevada. Uh, you, you go stand in a room full of beer nerds and just try to say that Sierra Nevada is not a craft brewery and <laughs> yeah. see what happens to you. Do that thing you where you clink the fork can't, against yeah, the you glass. You can't tell me Sierra Nevada is not a craft brewery. Yeah. I, just, I, mean, I, I looked up to Sierra Nevada my whole life. I grew up on it. It's just right. you know, you can't a fantastic quant- brewery. 
you can't quantify the amount of love that goes into this glass. That's right. That's right. right. And you can't. And so, to me, the the line is becoming even more and more blurred. You know, we yeah. we uh, interviewed Goose Island last year, right after uh, uh, yeah. the port, and and <laughs> we you know we said the same things to him, like you know, guy, I, I love your beer, and if the beer starts changing, we might do a different interview with you. Yes. Until then. Goose Island is a great brewery, and when you start to hear things now, like like Jen Talley, we Jen, I've heard your name the whole time we've been doing the Brewing Network. Before I interviewed you, before, and um, I heard Jen Talley. You want to talk to a great brewer? You go, you go talk to Jen Talley, and then you hear about her moving to Red Hook, and the lines are getting blurred between this whole kind of no, you're only a craft brewery if you're this. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with you, and I think a lot of people, I think most people in the industry would say the exact same thing and i think you put it really well the lines are blurred and, and i, I kind of like the idea you know of the fact that you know people tell me oh i'm not a craft brewer if i go to another brewery that's kind of a that's kind of the person i am oh really you got to be kidding it's almost <laughs> like that you know that kind of helps me want to go to a brewery like that <laughs> right. it's just like you can't tell me what i am or who i am or redefine the last 20 years of, you know yep the, absolutely my, prof- my profession so it's mm-hmm. it's i'm not surprised i did something like this <laughs> okay, now that we now that we have the 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 difficult stuff out of the way, and, yeah. and we know that we're all on the same, we're all fans of craft beer and beer in general. Let's talk about because our listeners are home brewers. I think it's a good opportunity to talk about diacetyl techniques, Jen. Can we do can we do that just a little oh, bit? Oh yeah, that's, I had no idea you'd ask me that, but that's fantastic. I got a lot of them. I got. I mean, <laughs> I know that Tasty and Doc here, our other co-hosts. Uh, I know we've got questions for you. Plus, I got a bunch of questions already from our chat room for you. Okay. But let's just talk about it as a product, uh, or sorry, as a, as a chemical component of beer. Um, sure. It, it's. It's in almost every beer, right? It's just how we get it out of the beer. Do I understand that correctly? Well, I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's a great subject. And so for your home brewers that are out there listening and that maybe they get a little diastole and they don't want, want it in their beer, it is. It's a product of every beer because it's a natural component of fermentation. So the yeast puts off diastole when it ferments, ferments wort. And then healthy yeast will then take that diastole back up into its cell if given the time. So you can't, so once you, you know, fermented your beer and you're watching the bubbles go up in your, your airlocks and you're counting them because you really want to move your beer and drink your beer or whatnot and you <laughs> right. ran out. Yeah. And so you've got to really make sure your beer is done because if you're still in fermentation, that, that you know, at the very end even, and you cool it, let's say you throw it out in the snow because you got to get it cold, uh, put it in a, your cold refrigerator or something, um, you can't. You're gonna you're gonna arrest that fermentation. It's not gonna give those yeast cells time to take the diacetyl back up into the cells, and you'll leave them in the beer. So that's one that's one way that you can produce diacetyl in your beer, and that's a healthy, you know, beer. Diacetyls also can be produced um, through um, bacteria, uh, pediococcus. So, for instance, in one of my sour beers that I made at Squatters Five Two Nine, um, and and actually Fifth Element. I mean, there it is a component of that. It's very small. But you can't use pediococcus without, you know, having a little bit of diacetyl. When beers get sick in the barrel, they produce diacetyl. Um, so it's a component of making sour beer as well. Uh, if you're making clean beer and you, um, and you're, you're not cleaning well in your tanks and you let your beer finish after fermentation complete and you don't have a yeast that gives up diacetyl and you're getting it, that means you've got a contamination issue, like something's dirty in your, your brewing process, and you should probably throw the plastic hoses away and get new ones. <laughs> okay, good call. 
Yeah. So there's a couple different ways you can get it. You, you always your yeast always produces it. Um, so you need to give your time your beer rest time. So the rule of thumb is if you don't have a degree, uh, if you have a deg- uh, point two difference in degree Plato drop within a 48 hour time period, your beer is done. And now you can cool it. But if your beer is still dropping, let's say, you know, four Play-Doh or let's say six Play-Doh, then it goes down to four Play-Doh. It's, you know, that's, you know, that's a significant amount. So let it keep working. So let it keep going. so until we get to the other and I know we have sub questions now just based on what you said. But 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 before we do that, just as a general rule. Um, until we get to the the, the places where uh, diacetyl can come in from infections or or mm-hmm. uh, bacteria things like that, yeast makes it, but yep. yeast also cleans it up if yep. we if we let it. So before we get to anything else, we can know that that if we have a clean fermentation, yeast is going to make it, let it hang out long enough, and it's also going to get rid of it. Yep. Okay. Agree. And then and then dip, depending on the yeast, different yeasts create more or less of it, but it is a natural product. And is there anything that we do in the – I've heard, for example, that us homebrewers, if we don't – because I'm just talking about getting before fermentation. If we don't um, – if we if we put a lid on our kettle too quickly at the end, we're not letting things like diacetyl uh, burn – oh, is that just DMS, yeah. Doc? Yeah. Doc's looking at me saying that's just DMS. That's not and diacetyl. The, and those are actually the precursors of DMS. Okay. That's what you're trying to let go up in, the, up in your steam. I see. Yeah, SMM. So yeah. diacetyl is just a yeast component until we get to these other infections yeah. and stuff. Homebrew is often under pitch, and that's why they don't have enough yeast at the end to clean it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Doc, I know you had some follow-up questions. Um, let, let's take it to the next level with uh, the sour beers. Uh-huh. Um, let's do it. Let's I, take I, it there. Funny how long that took you to get to those. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well we, we beat in, you know, the dead horse here about uh, letting your beers finish in diacetyl rest okay. and things. And now we've got a lot of people uh, pushing into the sour beer realm. Yeah. And uh, the Peter Cock is, is a big component of sour beers. Yet uh, we can pull one out. And if you've got a lot of diacetyl in your sour beer, uh, is there any way to get rid of that? Uh, is it more aging? Like once it's there, you mean? Once, once it's there. Okay. Is it- well, I've got a, a, here's Here's my... I don't have a long history with sour beers. I started drinking them in 2004, and I started making them in 2007. That's like nothing in okay. the making sour beer world. I mean, it you know, takes years and years and years and years years to even say right. that you know how to make a good one. But so my brief history tells me, and from what I've learned, is um, from you know the great sour beers makers of I think the United States, one being Vinny, um, is that the beer gets sick. So. It's a natural component of making sour beer in your barrel. You put your mixed culture in there. Your mixed culture maybe has some Britannomyces, which is a wild yeast, not a bacteria. Don't forget. You have your lactic bacteria, lactobacillus, which is a bacteria, and your pedococcus, which is a bacteria, and maybe some other things. And so it goes in there, and it starts fermenting slowly, but it does. That's what it does. It starts eating everything inside. And... In the phase of fermentation with the bacteria eating, um, your beer is what's called get sick, and it produces really bad flavors. Um, one of them is a large amount of diacetyl. So let's say you're anxious and you want you can't get your sour beer made fast enough. Well, first of all, stop making sour beer because that'll never work. <laughs> yeah. so, but if you go in, you take a you, you wine feed it out of your oak or whatever you're making it in. 
and you've been, you know, maybe you put your mixed culture in there three, four months ago, and you wine beat it, put it in a glass, and it tastes horrendous. Yeah. Put the bung back, put a little CO2 on top, put the bung back on it, and walk away for another three months. And then try it again. It could, it could just be in its sick phase. It could have problems, but it also could just be in its sick phase. So the rule of thumb is never, so, you know, a lot of times you also have what's called the angel share, right? The angel share right. is what the angels drink, and that's the evaporation of your beer in the oak because it, you know, there's some slow evaporation because of the, you know, the oak and the porousness of it. So the angels will drink, and now you have all this space. Well, you gotta fill up that space. You got all that air space. And you don't want to make vinegar. So you got to put maybe new fresh beer in there. Top off your barrel. Keep your barrel wet. Keep it full. And if you top it off, your beer is going to get, you know, it's going to get sick again. It's going to send it back into that phase. So if you bottle too close to topping off or you bottle too soon without tasting and realizing your beer is sick, you bottle sick beer. So don't bottle sick beer. So make sure your beer tastes really good before you put it in the bottle and make sure you haven't recently topped it off. Or let's say you top it off just to fill up the barrel and get the most out of it. And it doesn't start the sick phase again and you taste it and it tastes good to you. It'll go sick in the bottle two months later Exactly. when it used to be good. So just be careful the techniques of topping off your barrel or when you bottle your beer. What about different pitching times? Say you, you pitch with the pretenomyces and then hold off on the PDO and the lacto until later in the phase. It's still going to get the, – the, the, I think it's the uh, – I, my understanding that it's the PDO and the lacto that's going to make it sick. Oh, exa- exactly. It's going to make it sick. So, right. Uh, the take-home take message here is just sit on it for a while. Let it wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good, and, good. and also taste it. And don't top off too close to bottling. That's a take-home message. Yeah. Jen, can yeah. you tell the difference between uh, a diacetyl flavor from fermentation and a diacetyl flavor from an infection? Um, yeah. You can? I, well, I can. I mean, I, I guess I should say, I uh, you know, I think when I'm drinking a beer that's supposed to be clean, no, I can't. Okay. If it has that, di- like, let's say I, I go out to uh, Johnny Knows Who pub. Yeah. And I drink some pale ale, and it's got diacetyl in it. I can't tell if it's because they, you know, crashed it, and the, the diacetyl was left up in fermentation, or there's a little bacteria. Now, if it's just a little bit of bacteria and there's just a little bit of diacetyl, I can't tell. However, when you don't ever have bacteria present in an unclean, you know, unclean situation, usually it has a sourness that comes along with it. And so usually if you taste something that has a little bit of diacetyl and a little sourness that's supposed to be a clean pale ale, that's a dirty, that's something dirty happens. Okay. Or, 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 if you have, yeah, if you just have diacetyl and there's no other residual sourness that happens, it's probably because of what happened with the yeast. Okay. Or, or a very dryness where you, you I don't know, all the sugars have dropped beer. out. Yeah. It'd be dry mm-hmm. beer, yeah. But you're still tasting yeah, the butter. And, um, exactly. Right. So, or if you're doing your own beer and you know what you did in all the steps... Yeah, you can probably tell where it came from. Okay, and she's talking about tasting somebody else's beer. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, and that's what I not. meant too. Is yeah. if you because sometimes people will send us their beer, for example, and say, "What's wrong with this?" And it, I just wanted to know if there's a difference between the diacetyl from fermentation and from infection. And that's, those are yeah. some good points that's to look tough for. To tell. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is tough to tell, but I think that would be probably. Uh, these are all general rules because there's you know it's unique and it's alive and it's an art, but. I think I think you could probably be pretty safe to say to make an assumption that if it's just diacetyl, you might, and if it's a light amount, you might want to ask what yeast they use. 
or their fermentation techniques. It fits diacetyl with other residual problems like a little sourness or dry and stuff that it's probably uncleanliness. Okay. Hmm. I got a caller uh, who has a question about some of the flavors that we're talking about. Caller? Right, Jen. So right. let's see. We got, uh, looks like we got Steve online once. Hey, Steve, what's happening, man? Hey, Justin. Hang on. I'm turn off my, uh, Thank let me, uh, turn yeah. off my radio. Turn off the radio. Um, you got a question actually, for Jen? Yeah, I was actually going to ask her if she could uh, kind of run over some of the, or run through some of the flavors that she's picked up in the beers that are sick, uh, that are in that sick phase. Mm-hmm. I actually just had a uh, a sour that it's been sitting now for um, sitting now for a few months with some uh, some other bugs in it. But um, at one point, it was tasting almost like acetone and and cider and all these funky flavors. That it was terrible. Now it smells unbelievably awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, just wondering if that was something you would you know be able to go through. Yeah, good for you. Um, usually, um, um, acetaldehyde um, can be developed by um, uh, the acetobacter, which is um, a bacteria that grows largely in the presence of oxygen. So when you said vinegar, I was like, oh, it's kind of hard to recover yourself from vinegar. But um, maybe it was just kind of, you know, high at the point that you tasted it, a little bit of acetobacter. And there's, you know, a good amount of acetobacter in a lot of these sour beers. And a lot of people want more than others. And there's lots of theories on do I like acetobacter, the, the acidity it produces or not. Um, so if you like it, first and foremost, that's always a positive thing. When I, what I've tasted when a beer is really kind of sick and unhealthy, in that unhealthy phase that it can recover from and will recover from if given the time like the experience, it's kind of hard to say, but it's, um, it's kind of like vomit. It's kind of like butyric. Butyric, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's why and they that's, call it sick. Jen, is that in the BJCP guideline, uh, the, the vomit I, descriptor? I think it is. Like, butyric. Cat, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I think cat <laughs> piss is in there. <laughs> vomit should be. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to say, I think vomit is on there. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, that's but, one of them. Yeah, it's that, oh, God, I've been waiting five months, and it tastes like this. A disappointment. Well, mine was, uh, yeah, mine was a, uh, I, I had to teach a friend to, to brew all grain, so I decided to be an ass, and uh, made him do a triple decoction. <laughs> and, uh, you then, are an ass. And then we sour mashed. Uh, <laughs> I learned from Doc. Come on. <laughs> I made Justin do that. That's yeah, true. Exactly. And uh, then there was sour mash. Fermentation went great. Uh, I let it hang around because there was a ton of uh, acid aldehyde. And just started turning bad. It just started going bad. And, uh, I mean, at one point I pulled a bottle out of the fermenter, took it to our club meeting, and poured it for a couple of, uh, a couple of judges and, and a few other people who have, you know, pretty decent palates. And one went, that's an interesting apple cider that you did. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> There's no apple in there. And then he's like, oh, man, it's got, oh. Yeah, there's something wrong. <laughs> right. All right, Steve. Hey, thanks for the call, brother. I, I'd hey. sit on it for a yeah. while. Yeah, hang in. Yeah, uh, it's been fitting. It'll, yep. it'll be fine. Other guys, you know, okay. Vin, Vinny and all those guys have come on here and said the same thing, Steve, too, that yeah. you experience where they tasted it all the way through and it's shit, and you go, great, what I do? And you get a headache from the taste that you had, and six months later, it's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, all, so. Six months friends laugh at you and like, uh, uh, yeah. Vinny ended up becoming part of my uh, part of my solution. I pulled some sanctification dregs and uh, dumped those in there, and they seemed to really have taken uh, pretty solid hold. And 
since then the the, the aroma off the fermenter is a lot better. Yeah, I that'll help. Break the pellicle to give a taste. <laughs> yeah, there's a rumor that those sanctification dregs are actually Vinny's DNA, and that'll fix anything. <laughs> so you'll be fine. I, you know what? Yeah. Oh, great. Very great. He's kind of super yeast. He's kind of skinny. Maybe he's just made of like uh, Thanks, sour Steve. rope. You know? <laughs> exactly. Just ropey protein. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Any other techniques besides, uh, Jim, besides um, um, just letting the fermentation wait out? What about this? Um, you know, we talked about a lot last year, our homebrewers doing a free rise temperature wise at the end of fermentation. Is that something that's good for the diacetyl cleanup, or if is you're, it not- um, you know, that's a great technique um, to make in making lager beer. So if you're making um, lager beer and you're fermenting at fifty, and you have the ability and the uh, to ferment your lager at fifty, and oh, 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 it was working so well. What happened? <laughs> Look at the lager stuff, and she cut the gods of lager brewing have cut <sighs> off her temporarily here. Hang on, Jen. Don't uh, don't keep talking. You're gonna have to repeat. I was breath on that one. Dang. Wow. I think her first GABF medal is for a logger too. So she so why is this? knows what she's doing. When 2012 I- is going to be the year of no Skype. Of yeah, it's going to be the year of no Skype. I'm we're actually going to regress Skypeless. in technology. Wow. Good. Yeah, Jen, we're going to start doing all of our interviews in Morse code uh, for <laughs> now because it's a reliable technology. Um, it's been it's around been, for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. There's proven. No, there's no feedback. How, how do you say diacetyl in Morse code? <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dash dash. Our dot, listeners will have no problem with Morse code. Yeah. All right. Sorry about so, that. We lost no, you there, but you were t- doing go ahead. Before. No, it's a really good question, and 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 how you do it is you um you go ahead and we, if you're making lager beer and you have the ability at home to ferment at 48 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit um, towards the end of fermentation, like so. Let's say you get you know. 80% of your fermentation done about 50, to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. When it gets to about full, you know, five Plato, let it, let it finish fermenting at, at, you know, let it, let it free rise. Just, you know, don't warm it up, but, you know, bring it out of a cool space that it was in. Maybe the cold, maybe the cool garage and bring it into the bathroom. Okay. That, that's a, that's a very common technique to um, not produce diastole and lager beer is the free rise at the very end of fermentation. Okay. Anything else from the from Jen's bag of tricks? Um, I guess the only other bag of tricks is going back to the sour beer and, and, and just making sure you know there's like there's a couple schools of thought. There's a lot of people that don't believe in topping up, and there is not a right or wrong way to do it. I don't like acetobacter. I don't like you know the, the, the harsh acidity of acetic acid as much as maybe others do, and so I always topped up my barrels. So I believe in topping up for the, the softness of lactic. Um, but it just depends on what kind of sourness you want to produce. So you, so, don't, you don't trust the pellicle. Um, I don't like acetobacter at all either. And right. No, you know, your pellicle might not form quick enough. You might not. Maybe you don't want a huge, like if you've ever had fifth element, I didn't want a massive overriding Brett taste. Yes. Maybe you just want a little bit of Brett. And therefore, you might not have a huge pellicle to, get, to protect from. And you've got all this air. So when, yeah. you, when you're topping off... Uh, Poke a small hole with a racking cane into the pellicle. Yep. Fill it in. Underfill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Underfilling. Got it. That's good. That's a good idea. I wouldn't have thought of that at all. I just sort of dumped it oh, in no, there. No, no, no. Don't, no. Don't dump it in from the top. <laughs> dump it on top of the pellicle. Man. Okay. All right, Tasty. Yeah. You have questions? I have a, I'm changing gears here a little bit, Jen. Sure. Uh, just want to know what your current thinking is on session beers. How do you make them interesting? Uh, 
I've heard that uh, 2012 or 2012, as Thank Moscow you, calls it, uh, <laughs> is going to be the year of the session beer. So wh- wh- how do you how do you make them interesting at four percent? Oh well, I think you, you keep your session beers. You know, like that's one thing I like working about Red Hook is we have such great session beers that we make. I mean, mm-hmm. our Longhammer IPA is is such a session beer in my mind. You can just drink a lot of it and and the ESB and uh, the Copper Hook and whatnot. But you, um, you know, I don't know, Casey, if they're ever going to be really interesting. I don't know if like we'll ever get on here and be like, God, man, the session beer I had last night it just blew my mind. The hops crammed up my nose and the, you know this you know this full. Yeah flavor in my mouth because session beers are just not what's all there but what's just subtly there so you you keep your soft hand at it don't overpower anything you can make an espresso stout a session beer if you Hmm. keep the alcohol low but then you have to keep the coffee low and you have to keep the hop in line so you've got to have balance it's all about balance with session beers and i think that whether the session beer thing is like this is the year of the session beers i still don't think we're going to sit around and talk about them because they're not, there's not a lot to talk about. Right. I mean, how much can we say about how easy drinking the pale ale was? I know that my refrigerator is always chock full of session beers, as well as, I would say 75% session beers, 25% double IPAs, Russian Imperial South, and sour beers. Well, I got a lot of sour beers. That's just because they're aging. But, I mean, right. you, know, <laughs> and, you know, as far as what's in the refrigerator ready to drink for tonight or tomorrow night, it's, you know, because you just drink more of them. So I think, to tell you the truth, the session beer year is already, are, I think it's already here. I just don't think people talk about it. That's a good point. Right. And there there never might, there might not be a year where it blows up. It just sort of might be there already. Like, I feel like since I've known you guys the last few years, every year I've heard that. Oh, it's going to be the year of the session beer. Right. It never really pans out in the explosive banner. That's However, there, there, what could happen, Tasty, in, in terms of, you know, maybe Jen's right that we won't talk about it, but there'll just be more of them. And which yeah, I think that's what that's we all kind idea. of hope for. Well, I'm, I love hearing <laughs> Jen say, oh, you, by the way, you could do like an espresso stout that's a session beer. And oh, yeah. I want. I, I, I wish that I could wear that T-shirt into like half the brewer, the craft breweries in the United States, and just have them go. Really? What do you yeah. mean? Well, you should put, on the back of that T-shirt. You should put a big target. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did one. I love this. I love my espresso stout. Espresso stout at four percent. It's all about the fresh coffee and having the coffee fresh from the roaster within forty-eight hours. It's all about the ingredients and keeping them understated. That's the major way to make a great session there. Just. You got to be in balance and have. If you have flavor, like if you have specialty flavors, like a wit beer at four percent or coffee, it's got to be in line with the malt and the hops and the alcohol. You just can't pound it over its head. Right, uh, Jen. What kind of uh, session beers are you able to get up, up there where you are? Well, that's really. Uh, I've been drinking. Anything you I, like? I, well, I've been spending a lot of time drinking. You know, uh, Red Hook beers because I'm, you know, I'm new to the brewery, so sure. that's just kind of in my nature. Right. Is just, you know, obviously I'm gonna, but yeah, I can get. There's just anything's here. I mean, Chuckanut Pilsner I had last night. That's so a, good, that's a great session beer. Yeah. Chuckanut's amazing. Those I went there rule. just over uh, winter break. I was yeah. visiting my family oh, up in Bellingham. So Chuckanut is awesome. I did that they're this fantastic. morning. Yeah, so I try to drink Chuckanut whenever I have the opportunity, and um, you know, but. Gosh, I, I I think that would be what I you know I've been drinking Red Hook and and Chuckanut right now. Yeah, this Red Hook, that's a good session beer. Yeah. It is. Yeah, minus the diastole. All right, I got a lot of uh, low-gravity questions that came through from our chat room, Jen. All right. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, for, gosh, do I need to read their chat room names? No, because they're all dumb. Uh, Actually, now I want you to. For Sarah, 
That's good. F-O-R-C-E-R-E-R-A. Uh, says, some of my low-gravity recipes uh, have too much specialty malt character. Mm-hmm. But from what I've read or heard, um, you just cut the base malt to make a low-gravity version. So how can I correct this? I would. What I would do is I, I disagree with just cutting the base malt to make a low-gravity version. Um, so let's say you've got a – just take a simple pale ale. you got, you know, whatever, 70, 75% two-row and, you know, 8% of some caramel, maybe a little Munich – um, and get it up to 100%, you do the exact thing, but just make less of the grain. That's all. But you don't, you don't just cut your two row. You cut the whole recipe down equally. And then the key is, let's say that regular pale ale recipe, which maybe you were coming, scaling down a 6% pale ale, getting it down to 4%, whatever your session, maybe it's seven to five and a half, whatever it is, whatever you call session. You gotta take, <laughs> the, you, you gotta take the hops down. You can't right. slam 65 IBU in a 4.5, you know, um, 4.5 ABV beer. It'll be over hoppy, and it'll just be kind of just a bunch of bitterness. Um, okay. So you got to take the hops down with the alcohol because the alcohol creates that body. And if you just leave the hops where they're at, then you kind of screwed up the whole idea of scaling down to a session dip. Which, by the way, I've done all of that accidentally, where my, my gravity's 10 points low, but I kept my hop additions exactly the same. And Because uh, in your head, you want hops and alcohol. No, Every homebrewer's got to do that at least once. More because I'm too lazy to do the math that goes, oh, now that you've missed your gravity by 10 points, you probably ought to adjust your IBUs. Yes, Nate, people have to do it at least once, at but least. every time is a little bit overbred. <laughs> All right, and but it does lead me to our, our next question. Uh, Sarah thirty six C in the chat room uh, asks, uh, "How do you formula, uh, formulate low alcohol IPAs? Because um, you again, you have to balance the hop complexity with enough malt backbone." So well, she's curious about that. Well, first off, there is no such thing as a low alcohol IPA. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and the reason why is because uh, you know I'm a big I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist a lot of times, especially when it comes to history. And when you get a beer style like an IPA, and we say IPA, we're, we're, we're referring to its history. And as you all know, you've got to have high alcohol in it to survive the voyage, yada, yada, yada. So you can't really have a super low, you know, you know if you're making a 4% IPA, you're making a pale ale. So huh. um, Good just, point. you know, yeah. you know bring the hops down. And when I made my, I made several different types of pale ales at 4% when I was at Squatter's. And my IBU range would never go really above 40. So you can't really go above 40 IBUs. And you can still drive home hops in um, dry hop techniques for the flight, for the aroma. And um, you can put some really nice hops at the very, you know, in the whirlpool to drive home the flavor. But when you're calculating your BUs, and, you know, keep it, keep it at 40 or 35 to 40. And, um, you know, and dry hop, dry hop the shit out of it. I mean, Dry hop it, you know, dry hop it when it's warm and leave yes. them in there for seven days and, you know, push some, push some hop flavor uh, 10 minutes before EOB and don't leave, don't put all your hops up front, you know, drive them towards the back and you'll get the flavor of the hop, not only the bitterness, but you'll get the flavor and taste it and also, you know, make sure you dry hop it. 
See, now, and you're talking about t-shirts. That's a fucking t-shirt. Dry hop the shit out of yeah. it. <laughs> That's our, that should be our new BN t-shirt. That's great advice, when somebody, Dry hop the shit out of it. When, when Homer asked me at IPA again, I'm just going to quote Jen on that one. I say, well, listen to Jen. She said, dry hop the shit out of it. <laughs> just do that. That's a pretty specific measurement. Yeah. But she's really mirroring also what we've been talking about on this show for the oh, last sure. couple of years when, we, when we've been raving about Firestone's Pale 31. Yeah, but she put it so much more... Like, you're right. Like, Eloquently. Just, like, just right there. Just... <laughs> You know, she's not going to do a whole show on it. Right. This is what it is. Yeah, Jen, when you're, done with, uh, when you're done with Red Hook, you have a career in radio with us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you'll have the 30-second the show. It's very lucrative. Fantastic. Boil it. All right, let me get through some Red Hook questions for you now from the chat room, and then I'll let you go, Jen, so you can get out of here. Let's see. Red Hook changed their bottle recently oh, yeah, yes. Yes. Yes, I'm, gonna put on the, I'm gonna put on the webcam it's pretty rad put it on the webcam and kefla in the chat room wants to know why look at that stubby head it's awesome it is an awesome, awesome bottle yeah you know what you really just answered it <laughs> that's the answer that's the other t-shirt because it's like it's half a stubby like the red stripe but half a real size bottle right, yeah. you know i gotta say you know i did i was not part of and you know they have you know marketing departments and whatnot that just decide on, you know, what bottle you're going into and things like that. When you get when you get large, you have people yeah. that talk about these things other than the brewers. And right. in my old brewery, I talked about everything with everyone, but we only made twelve hundred barrels. Um, I don't have time to do that. And so they've got folks that do that sort of thing. And I have to believe and I and I think from some of the, the things I've I've heard in, from some of the folks um, that work there, I mean, Red Hook is old school. Now we all agree that the ESB of the day is not the is not the ESB today, and we're all happy for it. Yes, we but are. But Red Hook is old school. I mean, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. We just celebrated our thirtieth anniversary with Devo. I want to wow. say nice. And um, yeah, we had a wait with first. Devo. Yeah, they played the hell group. yeah. They're, they're seriously <laughs> that's <laughs> badass. That awesome. They're playing San Francisco this week. I want to yeah. see yeah, the yeah, Red you know Hook tickets yeah. are, dude. I was gonna go, but they're nice work, Jen. I hope they did a. I hope they did a special How performance much? of Whip It, like Hop It, Dry Hop It, Good. I hope they did in Moscow. I, what Get out of here it's with perfect. that! <laughs> I hate that. Hop it. It's like saying I Happy mean, Birthday. Hop, hop it. it into shape. Oh, go Jesus ahead, Jesus Christ! I think that if anybody <laughs> wants to have an old school, old school kind of feel, stubby looking bottle, I think we can, we can, we can roll with it pretty good. Oh, we, we've sure. heard of long necks. These are thick necks. <laughs> They're badass. They are They're really right. cool. Now I ha- now I'm turning every Devo song I've ever known into a stupid beer song. Because Moscow just <laughs> ruined just the hop, just the hop, the hop you want. Right. Suddenly went to my Sharona there, yeah. but whatever. No way. Those gates. Jen, when you say that they, they did, did this party happen at the brewery? It did. It happened right outside. We have uh, concerts all the time. And oh, okay. We have a huge lawn area, and um, that's and, cool. Yeah. Hey, Devo's best dude. on the lawn. All right, I got to get on the uh, Red Hook band mailing list. I want to go to concerts at breweries. Uh, well, we're following them on Twitter now on the Bring Network. So okay, good. I'll let you know. All right, here's cool. another one. Um, can you? Uh, let's see. Eagle Dude in the chat says, "Can Eagle you please dude. ask Jen about any limited edition brews that Red Hook is working on these days?" Mm-hmm. We have a thing. Uh, we have a beer called a, well, uh, like a you know, everybody's got series. You got to have you know series now. I yeah, guess, right. You know? Um, and I want to tell you right now, if I ever want my brewery, so everybody knows this, so nobody can take it because I own it because I'm saying it right now. If I have <laughs> ever have a my own brewery and I have a series, it's going to be called Refrigerator Series Ooh, because that's okay. what I want in my refrigerator, right? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah. So there, we have one called Blue Line Series, 
And uh, the Blue Line it series is we just we try to include the local culture. And maybe there's a local ingredient or, um, you know, something with the, you know, something with the local culture in Seattle in the surrounding area. So we've got the current Blue Line series out right now is, um, and I'm going to put my foot in my mouth because this has nothing to do with the local culture, but um, a sweet stout, which is, is pretty tasty. It's a 7% stout. Um, just a just a point seven five percent smoked malt in there, just a hair and um, a little bit of roasted. It's, it's pretty, it's really nice, and actually have it on tap in my garage. Wow! Um, and we'll only make. I mean, it's really funny. I came on; it was my first um, recipe that I was involved in, and it's a collaboration among the brewers. And I was the new girl, so I definitely was. I didn't come in thinking, "Yeah, this is what it's going to be." I was like, "Oh, what do you want to do? Oh, what do you want to do?" So um, it. Uh, we make a test batch, which is a hundred hectoliters. A <laughs> hundred hectoliter <laughs> test batch. All right, what is that? That is well done. It's a lot. So basically, <laughs> we don't do we don't we don't we don't make it before, and we just we put our heads together and we make and we only make one batch. So we, we probably never we don't do them again. So I don't think we'll ever do down three thousand gallons down, down under stout again. So. We come out with these Blue Line series, I think, I want to say like four or five times a year. So the next one should be coming out. Um, uh, the next one should be coming out in March. Are those okay. distributed everywhere or just kind of stay in the local oh, area? Local area. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, that we'll have sweet to find sound a, sounds pretty good, man. We'll have to find a concert to go to, yeah. Chip. Go oh, to the local area. Let's do it. Uh, you mean like together or different times? Different times. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't want to go we, with you. Oh, we, please. We do small batches uh, for our pub, like. Um, putting a triple in the fermenter um not next week but the next week and we'll do uh we do big ballard which is a double ipa for the pub and so we do we do some some small stuff that you can only get up here at the forecasters and also you know like the blue line in the seattle area so okay all right uh sergeant beer Corps in the chat says i just had a bunch of different red hook beers and they all have a similar corn flavor uh mm. except for the ipa Okay. Are you using a similar recipe for everything, with the exception of the IPAs? There's some big difference there. I didn't get any corn at all. Well, there is. No. Uh, I will say that there is no corn in any of the beers we brew. They're all malted barley beers. Okay. Um, so I don't. You know, hopefully he's not tasting. Um, you know, some weird flavor there for uh, corn flavor. And uh, we do hop the the long hammer. You know, and you know we do dry hop it and hop it in a bunch of different places. So. Perhaps he's just not tasting the flavor he's getting in that because of the hops. But okay. no corn. All right. So in other words, your palate sucks, brother. You <laughs> uh, <laughs> were mistaken. <laughs> All right. Here's an mistaken. interesting one. Um, After Lab in the chat says, now that you live in a more competitive craft brew region, although I would already argue that even though Jen was in Salt Lake City and maybe not a ton of breweries, the craft brew region is the whole country now. It's enormous, pretty much because of of well, because of the brewing network, really. Because well, of how I, much publicity we, we get. We it's a direct result. <laughs> you know? It's a direct result. It's all one. Anyway, I'll say the whole thing. Uh, now I mean, that you live in a competitive craft brew region, um, do you think uh, that you'll have to make any changes to compete and get Red Hook beers noticed more among the other highly regarded craft beers in the Pacific Northwest? Not anymore. Well, that's a pretty good question. I guess yeah, it just it depends is. on where you want your um, where you want your brand to go because you know 
you got to, it's kind of the reality is we have, we have brands and, you know, we have yeah. the, the brand of Sierra Nevada or the brand of Lagunitas or Bells. Or, these are all brands of beer, right? Yeah. And the brand of Red Hook is a session beer brand. I mean, we do have Blue Line and we do have specialty stuff that we're doing at the pub. But for the most part, you know, I don't think everybody's got to be the next different flavor on the block. I think there's something to be said for making high quality, tasty beers that, you know, use malted barley, hops, water, and yeast. Right. Can I just say that I've, I I now know why Jen got the job at Red Hook? Because <laughs> she's really good. She's really good. <laughs> yeah. She has great ideas about beer. She's well-spoken, and I'm convinced every step of the way. So <laughs> yeah. I, I also yeah. would have hired you. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you. When do I start on the Brewing Network? Yeah. As uh, soon as you're ready to work for Peanuts. Yeah, we have, real, we have competitive pay. <laughs> right. Meaning we all knife fight at the end for a dollar. Now, speaking of the marketing side, though, Jen, I do wonder if you're going to be able to capture the angry douchebag bicyclist market in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. Yeah, call them the angry crow. Yeah. We have a series coming out called Fixed Gear Ironic Mustache Vest. You'd have to put it in a can with a blue ribbon on it or something. Right. I think it should be called the Bad Rattler. All right. we, By the we, way, this was all us speaking and not Red Hook. That's yes, our disclaimer. Exactly. Uh, right. I'm going to open a pub and I'm going to have sweaters <laughs> knitted for each bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and one side of the sweater will be higher than the other side <laughs> because that's the chain side. Yeah, and then I'm going to sell it on Etsy. Right. We're going to have an Etsy store. Not to be distributed. All right, what else it do is, I have? It is, it is funny living in a different culture, and it, it's such a different culture than Utah. I just had no, I guess I just didn't even realize how many years passed, you know, making all those <laughs> And I came out here, it's like, oh my God, it's really different in other states. Right. <laughs> Reality passed you by, and then you went to Washington. And I went to Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question. I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there in case you could do it. It's from one of our listeners, and N. Patterson. Uh, what would you consider a good efficiency? For a low gravity beer hmm. on a homebrew scale to produce the best flavor is the is the specific question. Efficiency. Yeah, efficiency. Which you know, this comes up kind of a lot, Jen, on our show about different efficiencies. Where where some of our hosts have come on and said, "Look, your homebrewers don't worry so much about efficiency as long as you're consistent." Then then that's the part that matters. Whereas other of our listeners think, "Well, if, I need to get eighty percent. I need ninety percent. I need you know." Does, gallons on, a, on a low gravity beer, does it does mm-hmm. it matter? Well, I think you're at the same efficiency. I think um, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I mentioned it before, but do start these at a lower plate. I mean, don't don't start your low you know your your low alcohol beer at you know fifteen plato and, and finish sweet. You know, you still want them to dry out, just like all the other beers. You still want them, you know. Especially, I mean, obviously, I'm speaking generally, but like you just say, an American pale ale or something, you know, um, not not a not a beer that's supposed to have residual sweetness. Um, you want them to finish and end where all other beers, you know, all your other beers end as far, even if they're you know six, seven, and eight. You just start them lower. Good point. Yeah. So um, I think you're going to actually spend a lot less money making these session beers at home because you use a lot less grain. Yeah. Absolutely, and th- that's the thing where, where, where we've kind of said, "Don't worry about this high efficiency thing," because you're spending. So- we're talking about the difference of a dollar or two right. uh, yeah. on a homebrew yeah. scale. It's nothing. Yeah, nothing. Uh, what? Not on a Red Hook scale. Of, just out of oh. curiosity, Jen, what mm-hmm. would be an efficiency that you look for at Red Hook on a on a dollar scale? Because that's then it's a big deal. Right. Are we talking eighty percent here? What are you looking for there? 
Well, I haven't, you know, I'm not right now, you know, crunching our efficiency numbers and whatnot, but we're, you know, I'd say, yeah, we're probably around that a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that really makes sense. I mean, every pound of grain, when you're talking about thousands of pounds, that's a big deal. Yeah, they start yeah. racking up some dollars. That's where she wants to throw another couple hundred pounds, and they look at her funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're well, like, oh, Jen, you're so funny from squatters. <laughs> <laughs> really, what they, really what they laugh at me about is, like, when I try to do, you know, funky things, like, you know, you know, grind up black malt and throw it on the water ton to add color. They're like, oh, yeah. Sweet. You know? <laughs> yeah, like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna do that by the handful, Jen? <laughs> They're like, "How are you going to mill it?" And I'm like, yeah. "Can't we just throw it in the mill and catch it?" And they like just start laughing. They're like, "No, <laughs> right?" <laughs> no, Paco there is gonna sit there with a flat bladed shovel and do it yeah. for everyone. <laughs> you're gonna get called into the. Oh, I'm sorry, good. And I'm gonna watch him. Or Did some you? of my, hot, hot, my some of my dry hot techniques, although I. Uh, <laughs> I think I can bring those. I think I can bring those to fruition. We just need more creative machinery. That's yeah. all. Oh, you'll be fine there. That's what they brought you in for, Jen. I'm right. confident that that side you'll be able to work it. Uh, uh, Jen, back to the listener question about efficiency. Is there a difference in in uh, say malt backbone or malt flavor uh, that varies by your efficiency? Um. I'd say, you know, I think every, yeah, I'd say possibly, you know, I think, um, I think, you know, especially on a low gravity beer, your malt backbone is going to be, you know, I mean, you don't, it, it's, you'll get malt flavor, you know, you can get really good malt flavor, but everything seems to be enhanced by alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really it's does. About, I mean, when a lot bring, of things. Yeah. A lot yeah. of things across the board. When you bring up the alcohol in the beer, it seems like you almost can taste the malt even more sometimes, you know. Huh. Um, a little sweetness? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say, you know, malt can be a flavor without without carrying sweetness, I think, as well, too. Or, you know, or, I get that a lot in the, the Chuck and the Pilsner. I mean, it's got amazing malt flavor in that, but his Pilsner is not sweet. Or even the roundness. Mm. And, and yeah. The roundness of it, the yeah. body of it, you know. And um, I think that's harder to do at 4% or real low, you know, like, I mean, what do we, we we say the word session, but what exactly? What do you guys think a session beer is? How much alcohol can you put in it and call it a session? That's an interesting question. Five under max. five, yeah, yeah. Six, five, five definitely under five. Six, Maybe seven, under four and eight. a half. I'm thinking. Wow, it's tasty. You've really gone below four and a half now, even. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm making it used to be that JP was really the Nazi about the session. Like yeah. even f- like five is your stretch. Like you go five, five. That's it. That's the if it's five and a half, you say it's not, a, not session. a session. No. Way. no. Yeah. Uh, Jay, and going, now, Tacey, you're going, going down to four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Yeah. He'll make it. He won't drink it. All right, Jen, I'll what do you it. think? I think, gosh. <laughs> I say, I, I think, I, on, I go higher. I go under six. No. Really? I yeah. go under six. If you're still on the fives, I 5. call you a session beer. is not a session beer. I do still think that. I think you have to be over six to be, because every beer's over six yeah. now. Every single one of them. So you get below that, and you're a specialty, which to me says you're a session beer. Now. There's probably okay, a bigger I, I, drunk I'm gonna than you. I'm going to throw a wrench into it, and I'm going to say five, five and under. Five, five. Okay. okay. Five, five. I, go, I go four and a half. Yours, four and a half. Uh, yeah, because then you've got to really start being a good brewer and really pushing envelopes, trying to get the flavor out of. A four and a half beer. What is it? So that's two four and a half. JP, could you move up to five and a half nope. with Jen? Nope. No, you're stuck there. I'm at five. stuck at five because uh, because I don't like uh, getting super hammered. 
but I really like drinking all day long. But half and a I percent. can't do it. But I can't do it. And yeah. most of it is probably in my mind. Like I think the Red Hook ESB is what five point eight. In my head, if I if I thought it was five point five, and then I saw it was five point eight, and I already had like four or five of them, I'd think I was super hammered. No, because <laughs> just by dude, reading the because label, because at 03 percent, because I'm such an insane person. Right, right. So it, it's five or under for me you because just don't like I'm five, five and same below. People is Nate's long. five yeah. and below. Five and below. Yeah, yeah. 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 you, you, you really could probably convince me. But I, mean, I guess I was I was mixing what a session beer is called for. Like here we are. Look at that. Look what we're doing. We're making definitions. Right. I think for me, you know, it's five and a half. Like my personal, my you know, it's kind of session, kind of session, like five and a half or five two or five one, you know. But um, probably for a definition, be five and a half. Yeah, okay. I mean, five, probably no, like five and under, five and under. See, well, what's, what's Sierra Nevada Green? What's Sierra Nevada Green label? What's what's Sierra Nevada? Pet, what's the pale out five two? I don't know. It's slightly yeah. over five, just it's, slightly, I think. Yeah, yeah. slightly over five. See now, Je- Jen, you've just lost all credibility in the whole. <laughs> Why? Because she uh, sided with me uh, and Nate. Yeah, she's closer to the JP side, and now forget <laughs> yeah. it. Well, uh, if, would it make you feel better if she was closer to the Nate? Yeah, side? Nate's got all the credibility because yeah. Nate said five uh, as well. So okay, there you go. <laughs> then she's back in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jen, I got one more question on session beers. And I hate to. Sure. I'm into these things. Uh, we touched on this a minute ago. Uh, I think the body in a session beer is an important part of the of the, of the mm-hmm. beer satisfaction. Yeah. Any tips on how to get that body into that beer? That's a great question. Um, what I did was I, I mashed higher. So I mashed 156, mm-hmm. 157, 158. Mm-hmm. And I created a lot of, uh, a lot of unfermentable sugars. Mm-hmm. And unfermentable sugars will create body but will not be able to be fermented and produce alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you combine mashing higher to create unfermentable sugars. And you also combine that with starting your gravity at 10, 10.5, 11, um, no, no higher than 11 Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. And then, so finish your beer out. So you don't get residual sweetness, but you start lower gravity. But um, some, you know, you got a lot of unfermentables in there. And so, not a lot, but you have a, a share amount, a fair amount. And so you get some body to it. And then my last tip on the body and the malt flavor is, obviously, use real, I mean, if you're home brewing, just, you know, throw the, throw the coin at it. I mean, use really good malt. And um, I would. And, um, uh, use some Munich malt to build body. So a lot of my brews at, at um, Squatters were close to 15 to 20% Munich malt. Mm. So I used wow. a lot of Munich malt right. and to drive to drive body. Melanoid drive body and give it character. Yeah. And don't use caracals. Don't use dextrin malt. Just not at all. No, get it from use, mash, use mash temp to control that instead. No, use yeah. mash temp. Bring your right. bring your bring your dextrins up with your mash temp with really good malt. Use some Munich malt, like quite a bit, like. 15 to 20 percent you huh. can use munich, munich one munich two vironment is a big choice of mine yeah um or vienna malt whatever you like to use in that kind of realm um and that will build up your body along with those higher mash temps uh, so give me an example of a good mash temp range for dummies like me two one one uh, well do you want it in celsius or fahrenheit fahrenheit please extra dummies yeah. like me one one like i said 150 i would say 156 to 150 Eight, one. Okay. All right, yeah. so a short little range here, 56 to 58. Well, okay. 55 to 60, 155 yeah. to 160. No, I like the, I prefer you to be more specific, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, even though I'm a dummy when I brew, I, I do get real anal like that. I want to know the specifics. So 156 to 158, I like that. Okay. In the higher end. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I wish I got real anal. Well, listen, I'm going to start the Gentali fan club. 
And I think I'm going to make T-shirts for us to wear to GABF next year. That say just dry hop the dry shit, hop. Out yeah. shit out of it. Yeah, it'll say that on the front, and it'll say I love Jen Talley on the back because she's fantastic. And uh, I appreciate your time and the great beer information. Yes, and and really. You know, I like that you're just really forthright with us about the whole, uh, the move and the beer and everything else, because um, I know sometimes it can be a little difficult. Yeah. I know your colleagues are having a good time with you. Uh, but you know what? I, you know, at one point I was like, God, are you, am I still going to, you know, am I going to have any friends or whatever? I'm like, <laughs> I've got such great friends. They just, you know, we had a, we had a, we had a great time. We had a great time in Minnesota and, and they're all just just super happy you know i'm Good. super happy that i've gone to a production brewery and super happy i'm, I'm learning a ton and I, I i'm really excited to be up in the northwest so well and we're all growing up aren't we so even your even your peers and your friends like whereas maybe five years ago they might have given you more shit we're all figuring it out now that it's all just really good beer and that's all that matters so oh, we give each other shit anytime we can you know? <laughs> Hey, speaking of learning a lot, am I reading right in my 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 pre-interview materials here that you're going to go back to brew school also? Uh, I am. I'm going to try. It's, you know, I'm going to. It's, it's called the diploma in brewing, and it's through the Institute of Brewing and Distilling. Okay. And there's three modules. There's, um, I think it's malt, malt, and material malting and words, and, and then there's engineering and there's packaging. And so if you pass all three of them, you get your diploma. So I think I am because it's helpful to have now. There's a lot of brewers out there and there's a lot of really great brewers out there. And there's a lot of great breweries and you want that, you know, great brewing job. It, right. There's always, you know, you, you got, you know, you've got resume and you've got this right here and you got that there. And the education of a master's in social work is nice, but it doesn't, it's not as rounded <laughs> out as a diploma in brewing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Says the brewer who just landed a job yeah. at Red Hook. No you are so much more ambitious and stable than me. I'm like, if I can't look it up on Google, I don't need to know it. Fuck it. And Jen, who just landed a great brewing gig, is going, I got to worry about my resume. I got to know, you know. Oh, good for you, Jen. I like to hear it. Spring home Educa- Education is not a race. It's a journey. You're right. You're absolutely right. You hear that, JP? I do. More, more t-shirts. I only understand race. So start, more t-shirts. Start the race. Thank you so much for your time. I wish you luck at Red Hook. I want to come see you when there's a good concert going on there. Yeah, anytime. Anyone's welcome. Well, we give great tours and have a great fun. All right. Very cool. Uh, yeah. uh, again, congratulations. Red Hook is tasting better than ever. I'd love to do a follow-up with you in a year or so and see if you have. <laughs> well, see if you made some yeah. changes to some Cordless of those oh, beers. yeah, do it. You know? Because um, I, I think that that's what people really want to know. Like, what did Jen get in there and do? Did she just start brewing what they told her to, or did yeah. she adjust some stuff? Well, and, can we already know. taste it, though, with these with these ESBs we got in front of us? Well, I, it's the only reason hard. I can't answer that is because I haven't had it within, like, right. the last 10 years. Yeah. So You know what I think would be cool? We should pop in during NHC. Oh, that's a good idea. Do a yeah, video. Yeah. Oh, that's true. We're going to be up there. Super rad, right? Actually, I'll tell you what. You know what, Jim? We do our um, our 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 anniversary party follows the Homebrewers Conference oh. every year, and I think we're we doing do it at uh, Dick's new place at the new production oh. brewery at oh, Elysian. Oh, cool. in Georgetown. That's a great place. So we'll be calling you to be a part of it anyway, because it's kind of a mini brew festival for the homebrewers. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Love to. All right, get some specialty beers, some Red Hook specialties ready for us. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. I will. All right, Jen. Thank you. She's like, yeah, I'm right on. Yeah. Whatever you say. Yeah. Doing that right now. Whatever just, you say. Yeah. just let me go. I'm tired. Get, get the sour hook going. All right, Jen. Thanks so much oh, for your time. I like it, the sour hook. Okay. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All 
Okay, bye-bye, you guys. Bye. There you go. Jen Talley, formerly of Squatters and now of yeah. Red Hook. What a wonderful... Always good. Tour. Always good. Yeah. Dude, I really like these ESPs. Passionate about, I don't know about you guys, but I, she's, I dig these ESPs. She's great because she, she throws in information just in general conversation. Right. So you almost kind of don't know that there's actual knowledge there until she stops talking like, oh, Shit. Yeah, she, <laughs> just, she doesn't sound like a blowhard. It's right. good for us because you have to listen to the whole interview yes. uh, to, to hear her information because we don't just put it into one spot. Right. She's too good. You didn't hit the button either. That's right. <laughs> I didn't hit the beer information button. But I will tell you this. You know, all the talk about doing uh, low-gravity beers and session beers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you're going to have to be able to do some calculations. You're going to have to be able to formulate your recipe to perfect and figure it, sure. some things out. It's all about the math, dude. Go to beersmith.com right now and get a free 21-day trial of some great brewing software. And um, it's really a good piece of software that you can experiment with. If you're going to experiment with some low-gravity beers, like it sounds like Tasty's going to do over there, um, then Beersmith is the way to go. Uh, get your free version right now, and uh, you'll be able to punch in all these numbers, work with your gravities, work with different ingredients, mess with the IBUs. Don't forget that she said, you know... You can't just reduce uh, the Play-Doh and not mess with the IBUs. Right. Uh, on top of that, another even more important one that I really like, she said, is you know you start at this lower Play-Doh, but you also finish at the same gravity that you would expect to finish if yeah. you were doing a, a, a higher gravity or a normal gravity pale ale. That's true. So all these things, you know, you can be calculated, uh, can be calculated if you go to beersmith.com and check out their their software. You can. Pre- uh, precisely adjust color, gravity, bitterness uh, for any recipe and uh, help make your life easier. Plus, you don't have to take my word for it because it's free for 21 days. So if I'm wrong, don't worry about it. But I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. So check it out, beersmith.com. I think Brad should add a button, dry hop the shit out of it. Beersmith. <laughs> yeah. And it'll just like add three ounces of dry hop bah, in, bah, in the bah, recipe. That's yeah. the specific the calculation. Gen, the gen the shit. Yeah. It'd be a little picture of Jen. That's all. It'd just be a little <laughs> picture of her face. Her, like, her dumping hops out of her mouth, maybe. <laughs> little, little thumbs up. Yeah, she's throwing up hops in your beer. The dry hop the shit out of it button. Yeah, it should be a big button. Oh, that's a good one. She's right. That's what we've been talking about for a couple of years now, haven't we, Tasty? Mm-hmm. Late edition hops yep. and dry hopping the shit out they of it. Low bittering, late edition, and then dry yeah. hopping the shit out of it. The dankness. Done. Come on. Yeah, there late you go. Late editions. What would, it be, what would it be called if it was a session beer, Nate? What? The dankness. No, I don't know, man. The, the chronic? No, that's too weak. The lightness, Something. yeah. The swag, <laughs> the Mexi swag, the swag, yeah. The swagness, yeah. Even me just doing extract batches of Janet. The bottom of the baggie. That dry hop is really what sort of brings it <laughs> to shake. life. The shakeness, yes, definitely. The shakeness. The shakeness. Yeah. <laughs> just the shake. All right, I got to take a break. Uh, it's gonna be. We're gonna take a few minutes. We're gonna In regroup pieces. and we're gonna get ready for the uh, sixth annual Brewing Network no Awards the, the, uh, tonight. Got some good awards to give out, and uh, also I just want to remind you guys. You know, you can what? tip the brewcasters tonight, and it's not me. It's our. It's my co-host. It's Susie. It's JP. It's Moscow's Tasty. Doc and Nate, uh, if you hit the one-time donation button anytime between now and midnight, anytime during tonight's show, you guys can kind of get together on it, like two bucks a piece or whatever you can yeah. do. Uh, and then I give it over to these guys uh, for spending their time here and, and helping out. So if you get a chance to do that, and if you got a couple uh, extra bucks after this holiday season, hit the one-time donation button. It's for tipping the brewcasters for tonight's show. Right, Thanks, Susie? Do they have to put some notes in the comments or something like that? No notes, nothing required. Uh, if it comes in through midnight tonight, it goes to you guys. So Good. it's all fully trackable. 
Uh, so do that, and it helps these guys out, and it helps me uh, keep them around. Because without them, you just have to listen to me sitting here like an idiot every show with no guest, and because uh, Moscow books the guest. So uh, and, Canty uh, on and uh, yeah. and, and no things beer questions because oh. well Tasty does that, and with no beer answers, well because Doc won't be here. Uh, with nothing funny because JP won't be here. Right. Nobody to answer your calls because Susie won't be here. Uh, so Nate will Nate. probably still be here because yeah. he has nothing else to do. <laughs> right, I just hang out in here all the time. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah. drive half an hour and yeah. nothing else to do. Yeah. Right. So anyway, hit the donate now button anytime between now and midnight. Thank uh, you. Tip the brewcasters. Yes. Uh, it's yes. a good thing to do. All right, we're yes. going to take a break. When we come back, the uh, sixth annual Brewing Network Awards. Thanks to Jen Talley yes. uh, from Red Hook. We'll yes. be back right after these.